easier than it is, and I don't have a child, so people are probably gonna feel bad that you know upset that I'm talking about. <laughs> but we were talking about raising children and why you know certain children get to certain places. And I was saying, listen, man, I don't have all the answers. What I will tell you is that I see a bunch of kids slap their mom in the face, call their mom a bitch, tell them, no, mom, I didn't order that. I wanted a French toast. There's just there's just a lot of absolute nonsense. Red light, green light, yellow light, wait, slow down, stop, wait, go. Welcome to the any last words. <laughs> Jumping straight in. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. Shout out to everybody that is going to be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. Please do not forget to follow us. At ALW Pod on Instagram, the God and me honors the God and each and every one of you. Today we have Jess. She's back. Let's just get straight back into this conversation we're having. Okay, so just a little bit of context as we continue on this thread for the people listening. Is we just got on a, a tangent about people in the public sphere that we follow, people follow, and they have big followings. At some point in time, they do something for so long. And so adamantly that people then kind of put that, I don't even want to say stigma, but they deem them that thing, that one thing. I've just had a conversation with my friend Uzima the other day about how weird it is. I used to be one of these people in various ways, too, where they adopt one whole personality, like they're one thing. And every time you talk to them, they're toting this one idea and like that's their whole identity that's what they're gonna die on that hill like crossfitters <laughs> i mean i bet i bet that's there are some there are some crossfitters like that but but that's but that's the thing is that any realm in life any field there's some people that are just like they're this thing die hard yeah. and this is this is where, where i've and i've never wanted to become that I've never wanted to delve into something so deeply that then I couldn't see it with fresh eyes anymore. Right. So that's one reason why this podcast has meant as much to me as I was just telling you that it does, because I'm constantly talking to all different sorts of people that have all these different backgrounds that talk about all these different things from all these different vantage points, all these different experiences. And then they come and I just listen. And we j- and I'm just constantly updating, just downloading new information and updating, downloading new information and updating. And I I never liked this idea. Uh, this is this is this is the idea. If you don't, if if you're not a part of this, don't speak on it. He, here here's my here's my issue with that. No matter you could talk about any profession, anything. Some things are a little bit more so than that. Like if you're not a surgeon. Probably don't give <laughs> advice on whether or not you be getting this surgery, surgery done. Or, or, or actually, but not, but not even that. Not even that. If, if like how to go about the procedure of the surgery. Steps because there are certain, because I'm not a surgeon, but there's certain surgeries that I feel like certain people shouldn't get. I'm not a surgeon. But there's certain elective ones. I'm like, I feel like there could be a different route that you could take and you wouldn't have to do this thing of going underneath the knife. That is valid. Right. So my whole point is. Just hear the people out, because sometimes you're just too close to something. 
And you've just you've read a bunch of books, you've done a bunch of research. So you just look at something one way and then you're in an echo chamber because all your rooms, all your cohort on Twitter or whatever it is, are just people that think like you. And so you just you just hear the same ideas over and over and over. And it's not until somebody that could be a quote unquote outsider comes over and says stranger things. And they say some stranger things to you. They say some things that are just they're just from the outside and they give you a fresh perspective on and you're like okay what is your like what is your level of profession in this it's just like oh none i just i just thought about it for a little while it's just it's just a new idea in their mind and they're just turning it over in their minds differently than you have or you've heard and sometimes that can be extremely extremely imperative I've met, I've had people in my life before that will get, because I've, I've been in the fitness industry for a long time, I've met people that get like really impatient and really frustrated with people that aren't fitness professionals getting on Instagram or wherever you're at and yeah. saying like, oh, here are some tips on how to deadlift better or, mm. oh, hey, here's a way for you to get some more veggies into your diet, whatever, whatever. And so I've right. been like, yeah, you're not a coach. You're not a nutritionist. What are you even doing? Like, you're not qualified to give X, Y, Z advice. And I'm over here just like, they're not, if they were providing something that I found to be harmful, Mm. like, don't ever eat fat ever again. Like, okay, hormonally, like, people need that. Mm. Like, your brain needs that. Mm. Like, that's not a great thing to just tell everybody to stop doing. Mm. That I could understand being like, where's your backup here? Where's your evidence? What are you doing? Are you just saying something that you heard once and you thought it was cool? And so you're going to tell other people, but you're absolutely right. And like every, like there is, there is space for people to talk about subjects where like, they're not like, you know, I didn't go to school for this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't work in this field or whatever, but this is, you know, my experience with it, or this is my perspective. These are my two cents, my bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and why like that doesn't always have to be such a bad thing like you could absolutely like really benefit from just hearing that outside perspective and being like you know what yes actually i never really thought of it that way and that might be useful in whatever situation this is like yeah people get stuck in scopes all the time uh, so so to f- furthermore we were speaking about people again that get stuck in just being like this this ongoing trope just it's it's more of an idea than just like a full, well-rounded, holistic human being with different parts of themselves. But my friend and I were talking about this guy that's he's got to be like a class A narcissist. Like he's just I've never I've come across a few of these people in my life and they're so fascinating to me. I just I, I just I lean into them just listening and just observing them because these are the types of people that never ask you about you, not in a real way. Like they may, you know, give you the, hey, how are you doing today? Okay, cool. And then they get on talking about themselves. They never ask you anything truly with like a real, real curiosity, mm-hmm. like really trying to get, they just talk about themselves all the time. They want to be super funny and super witty. And so every time you say something to them, they're just trying to like generate something really quick, like a quick whip. Right. And so we're just like, that's a weird, like someone that's just constantly trying to be funny all the time. Or the, it's like, that's a weird thing. So when you just come across someone that just does this one thing, it's really weird. And sometimes I feel like the people we're talking about on with, that have these huge platforms with these huge followings, I don't, ever, I don't necessarily think it's their fault so much. 
or just lay people. I think that you do something and you get an applause. I had Shiffy on here and he talked about, quote unquote, being uh, just a typical gym nigga, which means he was just had his shirt off. You used to work with him. He used to have his shirt off all the time, real swole, black skin, skin glistening. Like he was trying to get these photos in, in thirst trap on Snapchat and stuff like that. And he realized that he was fucking bogus at some point in time and had to just like crank it back and was just wondering like, why am I doing this thing? You're doing it because you did it and you got what you wanted. And you got what you wanted enough where you're like, oh, okay. Well, my 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 weirdness is being absolutely rewarded. Yes. All the time. So I'm just gonna keep doing that thing. So then you lean into that role even more. And then there's more claps and more applause. Yeah, give us that. Do that thing more. So then you lean into it even more. And then you just find yourself lost being this one shard of yourself. Because you're so many things, but now you're just this one thing. So this whole Jordan Peterson thing where he talked about this Sports Illustrated woman that was, you know, bigger, not being beautiful. It's like, that's not true. That is you. But you're but he's fighting this fight of people not wanting to acknowledge that there are health risks to being larger. There's a scale for this, right? No pun intended on that either. <laughs> but but there but there is a scale for this, especially depending upon the individual person and what their frame is. But that people are completely overlooking health risks to having more fat on the body in excess, right? And because he's fighting that fight, because people don't want to talk about it because we're way too sensitive to have that talk, he takes a photo like this of the Sports Illustrated and now he's fighting a fight that isn't quite there because this Sports Illustrated isn't necessarily saying, hey, don't exercise, don't eat well, don't take care of yourself. It's just a woman in a bathing suit. And then he says, sorry, not beautiful. And it'll never be no matter how much authoritarianism there is. I always get the term wrong, but no matter how much it is. And it's like, you're fighting someone else. I've, I had this discussion actually a couple times before because there has been a lot of controversy in like, as of recent, I'd say more in the, in the past couple of years, there mm -hmm. are a lot of celebrities, there are a lot of models, there are a lot of clothing brands that are showing larger women yeah. and pretty much saying like, you can be beautiful as you are. You can love yourself as you are. Right. And like this is this is okay. Mm -hmm. And there have been a lot of other folks that I've talked to that look at that. There are pretty much two sides. There's one side that's like, yes, mental health is super important. Body love, body acceptance is super important. Like love yourself the way you are. Love yourself where you're at. This is all amazing. Yes, do this. And then there's another side of it that's like, this is dangerous. Because now you're just telling everybody to be okay with where they're at and you're not addressing, like you said, maybe potential health risks about being overweight or being this or that. And like you're not telling them it would be great to exercise or it would be great to eat vegetables or whatever. Like you're not 
promoting like a healthier sort of active lifestyle for these people, you're just being like, this is now being conveyed as beautiful right. and accepted. Mm. And so then people see that and they're like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me after all. Yeah. I can be the way that I am. And I'm like hanging out somewhere like right here in the middle where it's like, dude, love yourself the way that you are. And mm. you can still have goals. Right. You can still want to be, you can get, you want to gain weight. You want to lose weight. You can have whatever goals you want and mm. still love where you are right yeah. now and still appreciate the body that you have right now. Like, why does it have to be one or the other? But mm. that conversation has come up multiple times. And I think that it's just, I think it's difficult because I'm like, I see where people are coming from. I absolutely see. But I'm like, I don't have the answers for this. That, I don't know how you. That would be difficult because we just talked about the fact that I walk away from all these podcasts. Once I listen back to them in the moment, they're awesome for me. And then once I listen back to them, I'm highly critiquing myself. Never the guests. Always myself. Just super highly critiquing myself on an extreme technical level. And you're saying you, there has to be a balance of understanding that there's room to grow because you want to get better at things because getting better at things is awesome. And it makes your life awesome when you get better at things and you just see <laughs> your, the quality of your life and the quality of all the things that you touch in your life turn to gold. Right. That's awesome. But then at the same time, you also have to realize that you've come from somewhere. And that wherever you're at is wherever you're at. And you have to love that part of it, too. And so that that would be the difficult part in. Because if you're telling someone that they need to love themselves where they are, that's 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 the tough part. Right. That's the tough part to not lean too far on either side, because if I truly love where I'm at and it's truly like absolutely OK then why would I change it? Like, why would I go anywhere from here? If it's 1000% okay and there's no issues, then why would I, why would I even have goals? I think like, everyone, like this has been weird for me, like in the fitness industry too, too, is because I have been in so many different moments of my life and my own journey. I've been at the point where I am exercising to punish myself. Mm -hmm. Like I've been at the point where I'm like, oh, you ate a dozen donuts go work out for two hours mm -hmm. until you feel like you're going to throw up. Mm -hmm. Like I've been at that point and mm -hmm. I've also been at the point where I'm just like, I want to move because it feels like a celebration mm -hmm. of the fact that I'm alive mm -hmm. and I can move my body right. and I can support my own body weight. Like, and it just becomes like a celebration. Like I said, it just becomes this freaking party and it feels fun and it feels exciting mm -hmm. and there's love there and I'm still burning calories and I'm still building muscle and I'm still building mobility and flexibility when I'm doing those things, but I'm just focusing on having fun right. and feeling good. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge difference is yeah. like you can approach something like nutrition or exercise or meditation or whatever, and you can approach it like it's a chore, mm -hmm. like it's a job and it's something yeah. that you need to do or else. Yeah. Or you can approach it as like time for you to, to celebrate you and what you are and what mm -hmm. you can do and what you, how you can feel and how awesome you yeah. can feel in your body mm -hmm. and in your mind. Yeah. And that I, I don't you I don't think you can teach that. Like I think that you can inspire that mm -hmm. in people. Yeah. Like I think you can see that and be like, wow, oh my gosh, I love the kind of attitude that this person shows up with when they come to class or when they come to the gym or whatever, when we have a conversation. I really appreciate this person's attitude. And if you spend time around that, like you talk about your village and what kind of people are you surrounding? Are you surrounding yourself with people that are shaming you for 
eating this thing or shaming you for sitting on the couch and binge watching Stranger Things? Mm. Or are you surrounded with people that are just like, hey, are you happy? Like, are you feeling, are you energized? Like, do you feel like good when mm. you like move around in your body? Mm. Like, you feel good when you wake up in the morning? Like, all these things, like- all these things have such fine lines because you say like shaming and it's really just a, a difference because everyone has just like a difference of opinion when this is actually manifesting itself, a guilting or a shaming. Because if you're binge watching Stranger Things and you have two dozen donuts in your lap and you're just having a, a, a grand old time doing it and then you, you do it the next day and you're like, man, I'm really enjoying this. Like, I'm going to do it a third day. If someone comes along, they're just like, yo, like, do you feel great? Do you feel energized? And you're just like, yeah, I feel awesome. have you seen this episode this episode was amazing and have you tried this donut because this donut's amazing this donut shop let me tell you where to go let me tell you where to get these donuts these donuts so if you say yeah i'm doing great then then what is the other person to say to you if you tell them yeah i'm i feel fantastic eating these donuts and watching this like so now what do you say as a friend or a significant other see like what like where, where what is the delineation between what you can and cannot do based on what specific relationship you have, because that matters. It does. Right. If it's a stranger, ain't nothing you can do because that's stranger things. Right. If it's, if it's, if (laughs) if it's it's just, I'm just going to keep using stranger (laughs) things the entire time. If this is like your significant other and you, this, this is, this is weird because some people are like, don't shame her or they rarely give a fuck about him, like shaming him, but definitely don't shame her. Right. People don't really come to like men's side when it's just like, don't shame him. Like, don't. that's not really a thing. It's usually like bigger women, fat women that people are like, no body, pod, body positivity. Don't let, she doesn't have to do this. But like men, I don't really see that being a thing where they're just like, oh, no, they're just looking at guys like, dude, what do you I'm really excited? This is a like a little bit of a side note. But you mentioned that. And I, I started thinking about where there is expectation for mm-hmm. men. I think more so like in the fitness industry, like mm-hmm. that you look at it, you're going to look at a coach. You're like, well, if you're not like shredded and you don't have a six pack or like big, beautiful pecs and mm-hmm. biceps, like, mm-hmm. then am I going to take you seriously? Mm-hmm. Or like your calves, you got small calves. Why right. am I going to listen to you? Like, it's ridiculous. But I just started um, one of the, the certifications that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, an online certification. So I'm working on my own pace. But the very first video pops up and this guy starts talking and he is zero percent like what you would think of when you think about the coach that's going to teach you this certification yeah he he's got like a super dad bod Mm -hmm. looks doesn't look like to the eye like he's a super active person yeah but he's been fitness has been a part of his life like his whole life Mm -hmm. and he's telling the story about why he's doing what he's doing and how there was a point in time where he had cancer and his leg he didn't know and his freaking leg just shattered and then he was in a wheelchair for Mm. so long and how he got depressed and then he starts talking about how exercise affects your your mental condition and like i'm listening to him and i'm like i would not want to learn from anybody else like Mm. i love this guy's story i love how passionate he is about talking about this thing and being able to help people like heal depression and anxiety with movement and how that helps your brain 
And he's so, he's so into it. He cares so much. And I'm like, I would much rather listen to this dude who mm-hmm. looks like such a dad. Yeah. I, I mean, he is. But like, that we get there to the dad vibe where <laughs> yes, it's just yes, like, yes. you look like you just drank like 12 beers. Mm-hmm. Like, but you look at him and you listen to him speak. And I'm like, I'd much rather listen to this guy than this person over here who's like skinny mini or like some sh- super shredded bodybuilder dude that's just going to like read off a PowerPoint mm-hmm. and is just going to talk about these things. I was like, I don't. Why do I care about this? Mm. Why is this like really going to impact me? Like, why is yeah. this going to inspire me? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. You said that because like he starts off and he's like, I'm not the guy you thought was going to be doing this yeah. video. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. You're, you're looking, you're <laughs> looking into the details of it, which is a great thing to do when you're worried about people giving you information. Right. Because there's a whole lot more than just what meets the eye. Right. Like it's, it's a ton of more. Like you have to fucking open the book. You have to get past the packaging. Um, I don't think that a ton of people, I mean, I'm not going to say a ton of people won't because he's clearly doing what he's doing, but I think a lot of people wouldn't even give that time. But also now to think about it, no, I don't agree with what I just said. I think that dad bods and this has actually more on my point. I think that dad bods are revered much more than what like a mom bod would be. If there was like a dad, like a mom bod dad, like version, dad bods are hot, like yeah, yeah like that's a, a that, like that's a thing. Yes, but that's but but that's not a thing for a mom though, right? It's it's these weird double standards. Like, if like a woman has like a belly or like a little pouch. It's just like why you should probably like diet or like lose weight. Figure or something. something out about yeah. that. Yeah, get leave here wherever we are. Leave definitely. Don't put on a tube top. Right, like. that's what I'm saying. So it's like a weird thing. So that's why I say when it comes to guys, it's just it's different for some reason like people aren't coming at guys like you have to fit this standard really it's it's like a, it's a weird it's a weird thing i, I don't i don't know i i, I don't know it, it's it's it, weird it's it weird on happen. both sides yes i definitely agree that it's weird on both sides it's weird i think on both that sides. it happens um in a lot of different environments and i think it happens all the time and at the same time i feel that i want to say Tell me what you tell me what you want to say. I want to say we're getting better. I always want to say we're getting better and that like we are becoming more accepting of like people showing up with whatever body type they have and just being like, hey, as long as you show up and you're and you're moving like the right. rest of us, yeah. nobody cares if you have a six pack or not yeah. or whatever. Like, we're just glad you're here. Yeah. And we're just glad that you're moving with us. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, know, all the all that matters to me is that there's a, a I'm saying this a million times. This is episode 120, by the way. Congratulations to us. But <laughs> it's just the fact that, and thank you for coming in today, by the way. Oh God, too. It's a yeah, yeah. Oh, thank I'm you so for coming in. Uh, yeah, I did none of that really the opening stuff. Like we're, we're past that. We were busy. The thing is, <laughs> is that I just want there to be a conversation about it. So yes. these yes. two extremes that you plotted out shouldn't like that's not it. So you say you're in the middle. There's the extreme of I'm just gonna love myself. Fuck what y'all are talking about. Fuck the nutrition. Fuck the diets. I'm on the couch with the Stranger Things and the donuts. And then you have the other side was like, y'all are tripping. You're dying quicker. And you doing that with the children, with the upbringing. I see children all the time. It's like they they don't give a fuck. They'll be getting pancakes, French toast, bacon this morning and the next morning and the next morning. And I've seen this with my own eyes. I see it. I work at a place where I get to observe these things. And so if you don't give a fuck, it's like. What do you think you're instilling in them, right? So you feel like we have to completely accept ourselves. So then that way you just tell the young ones, you're good where you are. You're completely fine. You don't have to change a thing. You don't have to do anything. You eat that monkey bread. Eat it. 
eat it. What is your what is your belly telling you? I've heard this. What is your stomach telling you? Oh, well, mommy, my stomach telling me I want it all. Well, then guess what, son? You get to have it all. And then she fucking gives them all. And but but the, but the issue is, so when are we going to talk about visceral fat? When are we going to talk about organs being weighed and pushed upon by fat and them having to work harder? Like, that's not good. It doesn't sound good. Just visually thinking about organs inside your body suffocating from visceral fat that does not, need not, ought not be there. It's just like, that's not a, a fun image to think about. Mm. Right. So it's just about having conversations. That's all I'm saying. You can be beautiful. That's fine. Because again, beauty is truly in the eye of the beholder. And someone's going to look at you and be like, yeah, buddy. Bring it all, bring all of that over here. Bring it all over here. And that's fine. And you go have that. Go have that. Enjoy that. But, you know, there's still a conversation to be had about what's going on inside your body. Yes. I, I, that's all. I definitely all. think. That is complete. That is all. I have no issue with it. Matter of fact, the woman on this Sports Illustrated magazine, by the way, I thought she was a very pretty woman. I thought she was a very, very pretty woman. I think it's interesting. I have a lot of friends as well that think like women that do CrossFit, for example, are super hot. Mm. And there are plenty of people that are like, that's scary. And mm. I don't like, she looks Hold like on, a but, man. Like, but, but, she's see, like, nah, and I'm see, like, see, dude, see. if that's what you're into, like you said, like somebody likes a bigger woman. Scary though. That just sounds like whoever said that, like their dick is small. Okay. I'm just saying. You're, it's scary. What are you a fool? Like, <laughs> like it's one thing to she's say. She's going like, to break you? Just, yeah, yeah, like, what do you think she's going to do to you? Right. Why are you afraid Listen. of it? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, that's taking it a bit far. That's She's scary. Like, what, what are you talking about? No, but that's what I think is really amusing. Is some people will look at that and they're like, no, like, she looks like a man just because she has muscles. Yeah, and I'm right. like, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. I'm like, I can easily look at just any body type and be like... That is somebody is super attracted to that. So for like, sure, the, the whole range of body types. And when was the last time you did a little in body scan, or you know, for like your whole body, like BMI and all that sort of stuff, like skeletal mass. Uh, never. But oh, never. Okay. No, like I like not I mean, interested in that. When I mean, like I have, I'm familiar, obviously, with the scale. I have mm. used a, a a device before that measures body fat mm. and BMI. Mm. But I haven't done like the in body scans or like really, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like I don't want to say intricate. Like they're okay. very detailed. Like they really are. They're good at. Um, I know. I took one. I took, I took one the, the other word, day. Is the word that I really wanted to use because like the device that I was using was fine, but it gave you more of like a you're around this point rather than Which like a, too bad. A, a more accurate like this yeah. is really for people that are like I want to be here mm. that's a lot more efficient yeah. because it's going to be a lot more accurate i haven't yeah. done one of those i've had a lot of clients that have done them um but i haven't mm. i haven't done something i went into the gym and they told me that they had never seen someone with 3.9 percent body fat what what did they is that all they said well, they said, no, they, they worried said, about you? Well, no, so, <laughs> well, so I, I walked in there and, and I was just like, you know what? I heard that you get this one time free if you're a member. And I never got mine. I've been going to this gym for years. 
They're like, oh yeah, sure, come on over here. Like, what are you looking for exactly? And I was like, to be honest, I like I'm fine where I'm at. I just exercise. I feel good. I do yoga. I eat as well as I know to eat right now. Um, but I just kind of want to know. I just kind of want to look at these numbers and see what's going on. I think I think percentage of body fat would be fun for me to look at. And then they were like, okay. And so you had you had uh, two people, and the guy was like, oh yeah, you're you're twelve percent. You're twelve. I gotta see it. And I was like, damn, he said that with, he didn't blink. He took no time. He was like, you're definitely 12. I had a hoodie on. I was like, all right, cool. I had like a sleeveless shirt on underneath that. And then the lady was like, ah, no, nah, I'm going like eight. I think he's more of like eight. He was like, all right, well, could you take your hoodie off? Take your shoes off. Come on over here to this thing. I was like, sure. So I took my hoodie off. She was like, okay, so do you want to change your answer now to the other guy? Like, you want to change yes. your answer? He was like, no, I'm still going 12. Like, I'm still going 12. She said, okay, cool. I'm sticking with between seven and eight. And then I go over there and I get on that thing. She was like, are you sure you don't want to change your answer to the other guy? He was like, nope, I'm sticking with 12. She was like, yeah, 3.9. And so then after that, they were like, okay, um, so you're shredded. Like it's just skin and then muscle and then bone. Couple of things here. One, you probably get colder quicker than other people, which is a fact. No insulation. Definitely. <laughs> like, it's just, that's just a fact. Like, people, eat, like, eat food, they, you know, attain fat, and then they can just, you know, have warmth. It's like hibernation. Like, you just, you found warmth now, right? So that's what you did. Oh, my God. Um, and I was like, yeah, I definitely do find myself, like, getting chilly pretty easily, but you know, I I fixed that up pretty. I got a nice array of uh, scarves fuzzy and, and fuzzy <laughs> socks and scarves and sweaters. Like I'm good on that account. Oh, man. Uh, they were like, and then what you will find. Now this is where you and I we have some disagreement. They said this is where you will find yourself if you don't eat. You you're probably like if you don't eat for a day, you will probably find your energy level plummeting greatly because your body doesn't you have, have the to fat to on, eat yeah. on. And I was like, okay. So I just said okay. I didn't need to go any further because I know that it's been the opposite for me. Yeah. I like I have fasted and then my energy is augmented. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was fascinating. And I, you already know that I happen to do that on the exact day that I also cut caffeine out. So that happening for me with no caffeine and not a whole lot of food was absolutely insane. I could have never saw it go going that way. Yeah. My experience. <laughs> I don't think everyone should fast. Because okay, guys. Earl and I had a conversation about, you know, <laughs> fasting and how I didn't like it and how he likes it. I Just do, do, I, do what makes you feel good. That's that's the moral of the story. You got to do what works for you. I don't think that in life there is a one size fits all for anything. I think that Amen. we're so individualistic. Like, it's so crazy just how unique I think that we are. And I don't think that people give enough, put enough stock into that, give enough credence to that. I think that it's so wild how our brains work, how ima imagination and creativity works, how our flexibility and just all the just efficacy of our body works, inner and outer. I think it's all absolutely insanely idiosyncratic. So I would just, I would just say, do you think? But yeah, they just said, yeah, you should probably just get some steaks and just. Make sure you keep the fat on it. Just get some steaks and keep the fat on it. And I was like, well, I definitely keep the fat on it while I cook it, 
because I know that's they, that's what I've researched. That's where a lot of the flavor comes from. I definitely do that. But I'm just not a fan of a... No, 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 no. Okay, so I am, I am thankful. I will say that my partner is fantastic mm. at selecting and cooking steaks. Like, mm. really, because prior, I didn't really appreciate steaks. And if I were to choose mm. a steak, like, I would always pick something like a filet that was like as lean as I could possibly get. Like I didn't want any fat on it. I was the same exact way. I was like, it's always chewy and I hate it and I don't want anything to do with it. And I don't like it. And then he would find like certain cuts of steak where the fat just like melted in your mouth. Like there was no chewing and gnawing. Like mm. it was like butter. Mm. And I'm like, why aren't all steaks? Like <laughs> he mm. was just like, this is why. Like there are. Do you guys tenderize your steak? No, he, I mean, he's a, he's a ribeye person. Again, okay. I would have never selected that before. Cause I'm like, that's a more fatty cut of steak. I'm not going to pick that. But he like strictly buys ribeyes. Mm. Um, and we sous vide the steaks and I don't know if you're, sous-vide, but, no. okay, this, if anybody's listening, if you don't, <laughs> I'm just saying this changed everything. If you've never tried sous vide, please try it. <laughs> We sous vide every meat that we cook in the house. And it's pretty much a way of you would cook the meat. We put it in a bag, a Ziploc bag, mm. and we submerge it in water. Like you can, I mean, you can put it in a, a pot, a bucket, whatever. We have like a little cooler so we can yeah. close the lid and then just like leave it in there. Um, it keeps, keeps the temperature really consistent. But sous vide is the style of cooking. The What you use to do it is what is called an immersion circulator. It looks like this little wand mm. that you stick into water mm. and it will heat the water to a very specific temperature, whatever you want it to be, 140, whatever. And it will heat the water to that particular temperature and it will cook the meat to exactly that temperature so it can never overcook anything. And so once this, the steak is at that temperature, it takes maybe like an hour sitting in, in the sous vide. We take it out, sear it on both sides and it's like cooked Perfectly on the Sear, inside. How inside. long? Literally, I just mean like yes, like get the pan hot, sear it. It's not on the pan for more than like a minute. And so like you get that nice, beautiful, like golden, like beautiful outside. Now you said 140, so you guys are going for medium rare. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. um, I think 130, 140 is medium rare. And it's it's literally like perfect temperature. You sear it on both sides. You can't. You literally can't mess it up. Like mm. it's so. Great and it's super tender, super juicy. It's awesome, and I am a big fan. Um, but we do that now with chicken, pork, whatever you want to do. Like mm. it's it's amazing. But you all don't tenderize it. Like yeah. you like you never do that. See, my, okay, maybe and maybe that might change the the I don't know like the, now, the sort of if texture we were to do of it or something I, like that. Like it wouldn't be me. It would definitely be him. Like I don't like my digestive system. So like, and I have a fast metabolism. But if I got, I found that, may, and maybe it could have just been certain cuts of meat. But if it's not tenderized, it just takes longer. Well, because what you're doing is breaking the fibers down in the meat, which makes it easier to chew and easier for your body to digest. So I've just found that it just digests much easier if I mm. beat the hell out of that thing a little bit. But sous vide, I might still tenderize it and do that because that sounds cool. How, how much does this thing cost? This wand? Um, I think the one that we have costs like 100 bucks. Oh, yeah, that's worth it. And oh. Like That's easily, it. and like it's you know one of those. I just things, bought like, a juicer for like eighty. So yeah, and you it I mean, it connects to an app on your phone. So like of course, like you can see when the thing is up to temperature. Be like, okay, well an hour from now it's going to be done, and then mm. like it's so it's really easy to keep track of. Mm. Um, I made some really awesome because I'm I'm a, a huge salad connoisseur. 
I, I like I've been, that you use the word connoisseur. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really into making all different sorts of salads because I think that there's a misconception for people that don't eat salads. The salads just got to be grassy, green, I nasty. I felt the same for the longest time. I yeah. was like, salads were garbage. And then I started right. like really having a really good time like putting together salads. We worked at Panera Bread together. You didn't... What do you mean? Like they had... I mean... Okay. They, there they okay. were different. Let's go well, take a trip down memory lane. Okay, okay let's do we it. We start working at Panera. Okay. Bread. My first two years, I was there for five. My first two years oh, at Panera Bread, wow. I was on a strict bagel and cookie diet. Tell me you don't remember that. Frontega chickens, bread yeah. bowls, cinnamon rolls, broccoli like, cheddar soup. Come on, mac yeah, and cheese. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't okay, until, now that you said mac and cheese, it's coming back. It wasn't until like three years in where I was like, dude. Every single, I'm telling you, every single morning, maybe somebody <laughs> out there, like that somebody so resonates years. like this, somebody, somebody re- resonates this, like I opened the bakery, so I was there at five, so I would literally sleep until the last possible second, I would roll out of bed, get to, get to Panera, start opening up the bakery, I haven't eaten breakfast, I haven't had anything, so the first thing that I have is like the frozen caramel thing mm. with this just like sugar and caffeine, and so I drink one of those, and then I'm like, Stock in the bakery. Whoops, this toffee nut cookie broke. Can't put a broken cookie out on display. Then I'm eating a fucking cookie for breakfast. And that was every day. And then get to lunchtime and I'm like, what's the cheapest thing that I could possibly get? Okay, with my employee discount, a bagel and cream cheese is like 60 cents. So then it was bagel and cream cheese at lunchtime. Like, What bagel were you getting too? Was it one of the sweet ones? Probably. <laughs> like there was a period of time where like I was, I liked the Asiago cheese and mm. you know, you do that with some chive and onion. It was always delicious. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely do like blueberry or chocolate chip or the cinnamon crunch was the cin- That's the one I'm thinking of. There's a cinnamon, cinnamon crunch, crunch, but I think there was like a cinnamon crunch, almost like cream cheese too. Like there was something There was honey walnut. Honey walnut. So good. Having a cinnamon crunch bagel with a honey walnut cream cheese Bro, is insane. Oh, you remember insane. the people that would come in and be like, I want mac and cheese in a bread bowl. I would also like a grilled cheese on three cheese bread. And I'm like, <laughs> who are you? What are you doing? It always stressed me out. I'm like, okay. That's insane. Whatever you, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. You're fine. Like That's it was insane. crazy. But so first two years, felt like garbage. I was constantly just like, oh, if I just keep drinking more caffeine, I'll be fine. Mm. And I was like, I just felt like garbage all the time. I felt tired all the time. And it was literally after like two years where I was like, I need to do something about the fact that I literally, I don't know if you remember, I used to get sick all the time. Yeah, for sure. My immune system was awful. Like literally like on the reg, I was like bedridden sick. It wasn't even like, oh, I got a cold. Like it I t- was out. Yeah my sicknesses would get so bad and they were so regular and I was so done. I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And that's when I was like, I need to do something. That's when I started going to the gym with Katie and like that really started inspiring me and that got me going. That's when I started eating salads at Panera. And that's when I was like, Oh, we have some pretty damn good salads. Like this is pretty awesome. Um, That was the very first time I had ever tried to cleanse and then mm. shortly after that was when I was like, oh, I tried it fast. And I'm like, that wasn't nearly as fun as this thing over here. Yeah. But the cleanse that I did was literally like, if I'd have to compare it to like Whole30. Like I just ate whole foods. Mm. I didn't eat anything out of a box. Right. That was my cleanse. Yeah. Like it wasn't like I did a juice cleanse. It wasn't I did a water cleanse. Like I still ate. Mm. I just ate whole foods. Yeah. And I felt like a million bucks. One ingredient foods is what you're saying. Yeah. 
I was eating like salads and I would cook like vegetables in a pan with chicken and Mm -hmm. I would eat oats and it was with fruit. And like, (laughs) I feel myself so simple. Basic. Well, it, it is. It just felt so good. Yeah. And then it was like, once I fasted, then I was like, okay, well, now I feel like I'm dying. So mm. I was like, I definitely. How long was that again for you? Four days. Four days. And you started to feel like you were dying on the fourth day or? Well, it was like probably the third day. Mm. Like the first day too, I was like, I was really hungry. I would feel tired. Were you on your cycle like a, by any chance? I don't remember that. Okay. I don't remember that detail. I did not have like a relationship with my cycle at that time. That was actually like a really big thing. It was just, I feel that there are plenty of women out there that literally have it and they're just like well here it comes again awesome and it just they don't really pay attention like they don't they don't but the issue is too like we weren't educated like when i first started reading more and researching more about hormones and the fluctuation of hormones and what's happening at different stages in your cycle i'm like when the fuck were we gonna learn this Mm -hmm. like this is something that i feel like is important like Back when we were in sex education and things like that, where some people aren't even getting that anymore. Yeah. Like some people, it's it's just wild to me. Like these are things That's where I'm weird. like, I don't understand how we're not being taught these things. But because like you shouldn't have to be like a medical professional to, to know how to take care of yourself. Right. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely, it's been a huge journey of like, and that's one of the reasons why I started making changes in my diet over the past like two years, because I was like, oh, okay, well, clearly these hormones are too high. These are too low. And if I make these adjustments with my nutrition, that could potentially help balance it out. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing a big difference once I started playing around with those things. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. How so many people were just like, I don't understand why I feel like crap all the time or I don't understand why this happens to me. I guess like this is just the way my body works. And then when you know, when you finally realize that you can, this is why I loved the episode so much with Von Marie because I'm like, dude, when she was like, I didn't know I could feel better. When she said that, I was like, oh, I feel that on such a deep level. I didn't know I could live without stomach aches and headaches and chronic fatigue. Like, I didn't know. That's why I love the episode with Rachel when she talked about subluxations. And you were like, what are you even? What are you talking about yes. right now? Like, I didn't know that I could feel better. I've just been dealing with this pain for so long or dealing with this lack of sleep or dealing with this lethargy, or whatever it is for so long, this debilitating, overall debilitating flavor of my life yeah. for so long. I just thought this is what life was. Yes. I didn't know you could do things differently and it make you feel better. I didn't know that, that that was a thing. And then you would be thinking clearer. Like, you would change your perception of the world? I didn't know that that's a thing. Like, that's... I honestly think that when... If you don't know, you don't know. And the people that do know or they talk about it, it could be maybe too florid or too highfalutin or too loosey-goosey, too... Whatever you want to call it, people might think that you're kind of lying. Like, Like, you say that you feel better than you did X amount of years ago. But how much, if all I've ever known is this dark cloud, how much, like, how much better is her vision really? How much better does she really feel just breathing or maybe and like, walking around? Oh, she doesn't know the pain that I'm feeling. Well, that, she doesn't know what I'm experiencing. So, like, that she brings, doesn't know that. That, that brings can... us back to the conversation of if you're not actually a part of this, which how could you ever be a part of someone's individual experience? If you're not a part of this, then don't speak on it. Yeah. You don't know what I go through. So you can't speak on it. And if that's the case, then no one can speak about anything. 
No one can speak. No one can speak about anything that anyone else is going through ever because they're not that person. So there's no advice. There's no research. There's no science. There's no, there's nothing. Everyone just has to do their own thing and not speak to anyone else about what they're doing and offer any information ever. Which is, which is absolutely ridiculous. Now, the last stake that I made was I, so I used this from this, uh, I think it was from Home Chef. I think that's the one that I was using. And there was like this Korean pork burger that I had made. It was, oh, damn good. Like, <laughs> I really love when we talk about food. Like, <laughs> oh my God. you start talking about food on the podcast, I'm like, we can talk about this. Oh, my God. Like, and so I took the slaw from that and I used it for the base of, of a salad that I made later on. So this slaw is shredded carrots, cucumber. I think I threw some celery in there. I think it, it may be a call for celery. Kale, onion, and then there's like a bit of like maybe like two teaspoons of white rice wine vinegar and a couple, like a teaspoon of brown sugar, right? And I put that in there and I swirled it around. And I let this thing pickle for a couple of hours. And just let it sit and soak in there. And then I cook this steak, like perfect 135, like medium rare. Tenderized it first. It was real nice and tender. Didn't have a bunch of fat on it because, you know me, I wasn't going for that at the time. Maybe I'll try it now. Um, and just chopped that up, threw that in that slaw. And it was just, it was so succulent, the meat. Because, I mean, I, when it comes to seasoning, I'm seasoning meat with all different sorts of stuff. It's like an Italian season that has oregano, thyme, parsley. Then I'm putting, you know, crushed black pepper on it with garlic and red pepper flakes and salt with, with garlic and thyme in it. It's just like it's, we're getting in there. And then putting that in this salad base, it was just such a robust flavor profile that just shot you to heaven it's a beautiful word robust thank you oh my gosh it was just so delightful everything about it and i'm like man if people knew that this was a salad you can make then you'd eat it mm. then you'd eat it because it was like again the slaw it had the vinegar but it was also had the brown sugar so it was kind of sweet and then you have all these different just oh my gosh it's so and it's so nutritious so this is what i thought was really funny um we, we kind of rotate. This is something that I've been trying to nudge myself more recently is when I'm going grocery shopping, trying to like, I'll, I'll get online and look up like what produce is in season at the moment and be like, okay, well, let's try to buy something that I don't usually buy because I will rotate through the same vegetables over and over and over again. Be like, we know we like broccoli. We know we like Brussels sprouts. We know we like asparagus. And we're just going to keep buying those things over and over again because we like them. We em. like them. Yeah, yeah. And we know how we like them cooked and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So like, I'll try to buy new vegetables and things like that. And that's been fun. Like, doing some different things and cooking them different ways that I had never tried with before. But um, for a long time with asparagus, I saw a chef do it one time. And I was like, oh my God, that's, oh yes, thank you so much. It's so easy, I'm going to do this. But he was talking about when you have fresh asparagus and people that will like cut off the ends of asparagus. He's like, oh, mm. if you're ever like not sure like where to cut off or you kind of want to save like a little bit of time, he literally just grabbed the ends of the asparagus and he's like, if you just bend like wherever it naturally snaps, that's it. That's it. And so then I was snapping my asparagus and then I was discarding mm. the ends and I was snapping. It was very like therapeutic snapping. Oh, and you don't you don't like the broccoli like end on the top of the asparagus. Huh. No, no, oh, no. I mean, like the, 
the end, like oh, the just root, the end. like oh, the very yeah, yeah, fibrous yeah, yeah. part of gotcha, it. Gotcha. So like we would discard that part. Right, right. Um, like typically people would like uh, chop off like the bottom like inch. Yeah. Like from yeah, asparagus. And right. so like we, I would just snap. And I guess snapping asparagus is like a really common thing to do. But uh, Bradley found this guy on YouTube that I'm sure, I think he does other things. I think, I think he does like other food things. Okay. But he's like in love with asparagus. Mm. I have never heard anyone speak so passionately about a vegetable ever mm. but this guy really likes asparagus and he's like first of all stop snapping your asparagus because he's like you're wasting so much you only need to trim off like this much mm. and then he, what he was saying was like you can like shave like if you have like a vegetable peeler you can shave like the bottom of it a little bit more to like remove some of that like um, fibrous texture right, right. just just shaving it off you don't have to chop off a whole nother jesus christ <laughs> You don't have to chop off like a whole nother like two inches or snap off a whole nother couple inches. Um, but he gave like three different methods of cooking asparagus that I never considered before or mm. preparing asparagus I never considered before. And I was like, OK, well, I guess we're going to we're going to try this now. And we started experimenting with them and it just blew our minds. Mm. I'm like, people need to know about this. Like we, we did it braised, which is like the most unbelievably indulgent like way to consume asparagus it's so good mm. so that's that's definitely been like our favorite thing to do but another thing that he had is do is just like you have it raw and literally just like use a peeler and just like cut it in like ribbons like mm. take the asparagus and like slice it with the vegetable peeler into like ribbons and just throw it raw into a salad and it's so good i would have never mm. ever thought to do that yeah. and that's like now my new favorite thing to put in a freaking salad is just like shave asparagus Mm. And put that into your salad. Shaved it's so good. Yeah, that's kind of like when I came across zesting stuff. Like when I found <laughs> out you could just be zesting lemons and limes and just putting it and shit. I was like, zesting what? away. Yeah, because it really gives something that lemon juice doesn't give. Like lemon it's, zest, like the zest, it's like the very peel. Powerful. Yeah, it's very, very, very different. Yeah. So it's not something you want to do a whole lot of. But like oranges, lemons, limes, yeah. zesting them in your in like some like some scallops or something mm. like a scallop um pasta dish like just doing like a little bit of lime zest will really just like bring out some flavor it's it's amazing what you what you can do it's with beautiful food. it's insane what you can do with food it's a beautiful beautiful thing that's what i love so much about art and this was something that kian and i were talking about on the last episode and there's this 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 take that mikey has on on music and the way that he's been consuming music lately and I won't, I won't ruin that because he's going to come on the pod and I, and I want him to talk about it. Yes. So, but I, but I will say as far as I go, listening to podcasts, I was just talking to Keon about how I was talking to Anthony Stokes on 114 and that I was like, yeah, nah, I don't really listen to too many podcasts because they're not being, you know, top edge conversationalist for me. Like they're not doing that, you know, and that was one of those moments where I go back and I listen to it. And I'm like, I love art. And one of the greatest things I love about art is the variety of it and just how malleable it is, how free flowing it is and how there are as many ways to do it as there are people and perspectives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it may not be for me, but it could be for me. If I decided I was going to try to look outside of just the way that I do this medium of podcasting, 
I've, there are so many different genres of music and different types of podcasts and everything out there, different genres of books and everything like that. And there are some people that are like, I don't do, you know, this thing or I don't do that. Um, and there are, you know, groups of people that exclusively do. Like when I listen to podcasts, like I only want something that's going to be educational mm. or like something that's going to be like information that I can, you know, absorb. I've had so many people be like, you need to listen to this true crime podcast. It's crazy. And I'm like, I don't have interest in true crime. I'm sorry. Like, that's not a thing. I know that's a big. It's huge. It's huge. I'm like, that does not pique my interest. Like, I'm sorry. I don't love knowing what's going on in the minds of these people. It's yeah. And I'm like, I get it totally. If I see where the interest is, because I've watched some documentaries Mm. and I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I see why you're interested in this. But I was like, that's not at least where I am right now. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm. I told you when I first started listening to podcasts, the only podcasts that I was listening to were comedians. And I loved listening to them because That's like fun. they were hilarious. Yeah. And I appreciated about them. They had there was a consistency to them and why I thought they were as funny as were. And like if you were a regular listener and they have a ton of like ton of people following them, they don't research anything they right. talk about. None of it. Right. And so I think that it's, you go into it and it's hilarious because they don't know what they're talking about right. and they want it that way. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like. That's the goal. Maybe, maybe this is yeah, how it hypotheticals. works. hypotheticals. <laughs> let's just, let's just toss some stuff out there. And it's just, it's funny. It's comedic. Yeah. So like some people would listen to it and be like, oh my God, you're stressing me out. The fact that mm. you are so ignorant right mm. now. Like, and I get that. Yeah. That's not for you. Like yeah. people just want to listen to these guys because they want to laugh and they want to relax and they want to have a good time. I'm like, that's why I listened to them as long as I did. Yeah. And then it got to a point in time where I started listening to another patent podcast where there were like really deep and emotional conversations happening. And I'm like, Whoa, like I didn't realize how much I really wanted to just like listen to this Mm -hmm. along with your podcast where there was, I thought a really great blend. And what I've always said, I loved is like, there were laughs, like Mm -hmm. there were great storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was a really, really great blend of like, we're going to talk about real shit that's going on in the world. And we're also going to tell stories and we're going to laugh. And we're going to talk about asparagus and we're going to tell whatever, whatever the hell comes up. We're going to talk about it mm-hmm. because that's exactly what this place is for is, yeah. is discussion. And so people that want discussion and like really deliberate discussion mm-hmm. and like, we're going to talk about a thing and we're going to be like really present about whatever subject comes up. We're in it. We're there. Mm-hmm. That's what some people want to listen to. Yeah. And so I understand why you would, you know, have impatience or like not have a desire to listen to these other people's podcasts if they're just like, we're only going to talk about this one thing and we're never going to stray away from it. Yeah. And everything that we're talking about, we have our notes right here. Like yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. like already scripted out before we even jump on here. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. what some people want to listen to. Yeah. I've been trying to just open my every every once in a while. As I was talking about with Jordan Peterson, and, and and by the way, I love his content, and I've listened to so much of his lectures and his interviews, and I've read both of those books again, Twelve Rules for Life and Beyond Order. Like I've I've really enjoyed a lot of what he has contributed, mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel like again, starting from the very beginning, people's identities start to ossify, like they just they just turn concrete because of other people's expectations, because their expectations of themselves, and when someone invites a Jordan Peterson or any one of these huge people that do like this one thing, like they're this one show pony, right? And they come to the, they're not asking for like Jordan Peterson. They're asking for Jordan Peterson, the thinker, the clinical psychologist, the, the whatever, the contrarian to some people. So 
I think that he has some idea that that's what he's being asked to come do is speak on certain things. Mm. He can't just like be him. Like mm. who, like who are you when you're not talking about these things? Yeah. Like when you're just like making a peanut butter and jelly at the house, hanging out with your, like your wife. Yeah. Who's that guy? Yeah. Like, like bring him out. Cause, cause you're not just doing this all day long. You can't be in this bag all day long. So I thinking about, this was funny because it came up on the Isabel conversations, the Incredible conversations that just came out, is tapping into these lessons that I've learned from doing certain drugs. Mm-hmm. And we on her episode, we had talked about lessons I learned from doing Adderall and how that was somehow making the bedrock for me learning about mindfulness and paying attention to stuff. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that I had learned later on, like, hmm, like, what is the Like, why do I love this thing so much? And I found out because I love the present moment. And I didn't realize that until much later on and that there was a, a sober way of getting there. Yeah. And then this whole weed thing, I'm like, man, like, what do I miss about myself when I smoked weed? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just that my mind, like, I would just be open to things. Mm-hmm. I, my, I, my mind is open to things and I'm loose and it's fun and it's whatever. And I'm like, OK, well, what is the essence of that thing? Because, again, it's not the weed. Like, so what is the essence of that thing? And I thought about the the state of mind I'd be in when I would smoke and what I'm absorbing and why. And it has a lot to do with, again, not fighting, not resisting what is happening and allowing that thing to be whatever it is and just absorbing it as that. Right. Just not condemning things, not defacing things and calling defamation on something as soon as it's presented to you, just allowing it to be there and just looking at it with a curious childlike sense and so when it comes to these different podcasts or different music i'm just trying to just understand more i'm just opening my mind as if i'm smoking weed but i'm not so you told me to watch a show called love death and robots right so i probably i'm probably like i probably watched like 10 of them by now <laughs> you and someone else you're so happy you told me to watch it and then and then someone else came with like two days afterwards and they told me to watch it. I was like, all right, I should I should watch this thing. So and really, you, like you, said, you were you were right about through. everything. Like, it is super easy. They're they're one like or like you said, anywhere between like eight and ten or twenty minutes long. Max. Well, yeah. And and even ones that are like twenty minutes long, they feel like they're five minutes they're long. Like they just the so story quick. is so, so good yes. and so compelling. You're just like, it's, it's already going on. Short story. I don't, I don't care if you're reading it or you're watching, but there's something about a short story that's like, what is, I have nine minutes to capture your attention. Mm, you're diving in and like, what does that look like? Yeah. That's, it's, and yeah. how can you put a bow on it mm-hmm. in nine minutes? And how can you feel satisfied with the story that you were just given? Like, I have a great respect. Beautiful. For short stories. Beautiful. Like, I think it's, 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 in, it's an art. Like, because it's like they're dropping you in the middle of a very long story. Yeah. But that story doesn't exist. Right. So, they, like, they have to, like, kind of think about what it would be like if if this was a larger movie. Yes. And just set you in the center of yes. it. Like, that's a beautiful art. That's a beautiful vision to have. And so, I watched the, I skipped around a whole bunch now that yep. I know that they have nothing to do with no. each other. And so, I watched the very first one, which was, like, something Zima Blue. Oh, my God. Right. And it's about this machine that evolves through time. And then he or it, however you like to look at it, the people look at him as though he's a he, 
but it evolves and he's a super artist and he's dropping these these art pieces on people and everyone from from everywhere comes to look at him and they're the most exquisite things that anyone's ever seen in the entire world and he's traveling he's he's made like fucking who knows what he's made out of he's probably made out of fucking adamantium that shit that Wolverine's got in his hands like he's he's made out of some indestructible compounds so he is now traveling the galaxy going to different planets and walking in lava and going to cold places. He's meditating on the moon. He's doing all sorts of wild shit, just trying to find more inspiration for art and trying to find more of whatever the truth is that he's trying to trying to extract from the art that he's making. He's trying to find something. And at the very beginning of this conversation, even before I think we press record, I was telling you that there's, it seems to me and it seemed to me for a long time now that there doesn't seem to be a point of gaining knowledge and wisdom if if it doesn't bring you back to a place of being able to relax and understand what's really going on and in being able to be passionate and compassionate towards others. Like, I don't really see w- like what the end game is if it doesn't bring you back to a place. I think that there's a hard road trying to gain wisdom. And it can cause you to look to your left and your right at other people and think, what the fuck are you guys doing? Get on this path with me. Like, wisdom is pretty cool to have. You should get more of it. And then there's a point where you get enough of it and you're like, oh, I should relax. Because because at the end of the day, people are people. They're going to be who they are. You can't accelerate other people's growth. and this is all extremely finite. It's so infinite and finite at the exact same time. There's so much going on all the time. We have no idea about it. Our minds can't even grasp all of what is happening all the time. It's time It's time to relax. And so this guy, Zima Blue, right? He travels through the cosmos trying to find inspiration for his art and trying to get to the truth. And then he realizes at the very end, oh, all I've ever really wanted out of all this was to just be the basic form in which I ever came from and just have appreciation for doing a job beautifully. That's all. Just just doing something, a simple task as best as I could, but not worrying about everything and having to travel through the cosmos to try to figure stuff out. Like it was a beautiful ride. But it taught me to just come back to the beginning. That's what all of it taught me, to just come back and relax. It was one of the things that some people get annoyed and frustrated with this concept. But for me, I'm like, this is what some people need to go through in order to realize that. But mm. um, stories like, I'll, I'll call out like Eat, Pray, Love. For example, mm, mm. she took off an entire year of her life yeah. and was like, I'm going to go travel to these places and I'm going to find myself yes. again. Yeah. And it's an interesting concept to think like I need to go away to find What's me, here. what is here right now, right. which is just a really interesting theory. And a lot of people were like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to find myself? I can't afford to go travel to Europe for a year. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I just think it's so wild when you like when you talked about the kind of lessons and everything like that you learn. It's like 
I think it's beautiful that you go to these places and you experience these new things. And these are the things that they taught you and how this evolution came to be. And it's awesome. But it's like, how necessary is that for some people? They need like they need to get up. They need to get out. They need to move like they need to go somewhere, see different people, talk to people that aren't in their immediate circle. Mm. And like that helps them shift their perspective. I think there's something to that, Mm -hmm. to getting out of your normal routine. Yeah, Um, Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of times when you want to see evolution, like you just need a lot. Just change up your morning routine. Yeah. Add one thing here, you know, adjust this a little bit. And like you start seeing those changes in in the minuscule adjustments. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't always have to be a grand, you know, gesture or a big trip or whatever in order to see those changes. It's just about like you need to do something different. Something. And I, I think that that's really, really intriguing. Um, and so now I, I just find it interesting, you know, talking to people and seeing what it is on an individual level that gets people to feel the sense of connectivity with themselves or awareness with themselves. And for some people, it's cooking and some people, it's movement and some people, it's conversation. And it's like, that's when I like really start to see things is like when I'm communicating with other people and it's just really intriguing to me seeing the kind of practices that people have that get them to come back home to themselves yeah i've i've had this idea for for a long time playing out my mind and i think it's it's, there's something archetypal about it like we've definitely seen this in movies if you like close your eyes and think about it hard enough there's a movie you've seen where this was the case where someone had a mission they had an objective it was a difficult one so they were told by some people that they had to travel far to find like this guy there's someone there's like an old sage or some magician or someone with a special set of skills and you have to go find this person in order to complete this mission okay cool they get on a plane they get on a bus they ride in a bike they're doing all this traveling to go find this person and they're working really hard and they're knocking on doors when they finally get to this village or this place and they're trying to find this person and they can't find this person. And it seems like all hope is lost. And it's like, man, I don't even know what storyline I'm telling you, but I this is a storyline. It's Walter Mitty. Okay. We saw Walter Mitty together. Walter Mitty. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Ben Stiller. Oh, one ben of my Stiller. favorite movies oh, of all time. Oh wow, that's funny. And he was the he was he was an editor for life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. he had to go find the photographer that was supposed to have the cover photo. Okay, okay. And he, the whole movie is him doing these crazy, ridiculous, off-the-wall things, desperately trying to find the photographer so he could get this cover photo. It was in his fucking wallet the whole movie. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay, so that, so that's, it's it's on the same plane that I'm thinking of. I see where you're going. So, so, so then this person goes find, tries to find this person, all hope is lost. They find themselves in a bar and they're sitting around. They're just going to like drink away this pain of the fact that they've gone miles and miles trying to find this person and it's been at a loss. And then he just, he's like, man, I'm just going to enjoy myself. Fuck it. So he's drinking beer and he sees some people, you know, gambling in the corner of this bar. And he goes over and he's like, fuck it, I'm a drink. I'm a gamble with these guys, whatever. And these guys are just gambling. And there's just one of them that's a bit quirkier than the rest of them. And he's drinking too and he's gambling and he's laughing with the rest of the people. And he's just, he seems like one of the guys at this bar. And through some series of events, the guy that went on this huge mission finds out that this is the guy that I've he's been looking, been looking for. I've been looking for this whole time. 
but he wasn't what he expected. Just like the guy with the dad bod that's teaching physical yes. fitness. Yes. It's like, that's not what I expected. I expected some guy with a really long white beard and this and that. But you're just in here gambling, laughing, you're drunk. But there's but but I'm coming to you because you're this guy that I was told has the most wisdom. In, but it's like, it's not until that guy has to be that guy that you see that. And there's something super humble about that character, the character that is just hanging out with everyone. And it's not until a certain word is said or a certain task is brought to him until something specific happens where I now have to lock in and show you, oh, I am that guy you've been looking for. Yeah. Right. It's there's something weird about that. But that is but that has been a character in various yeah. movies, the, the guy that's super, super sought after, but he's also just kind of like one of the people if he feels like being that. Yes. And it is this idea of traveling and getting wisdom and getting understanding of things that just lead you back to being a more relaxed version of yourself, but with now a vast array of tools that you didn't have before. Yep. And so for me, there was a, just a very long time in which I was super in my head about the types of conversations that needed to happen in front of me in order for me to truly wholeheartedly partake in them. Mm -hmm. And it, I just needed it to be that way. I think I was like, around during that time. Yeah, you were, you, well, it, it, well, it was a long time. So you were definitely there for it. And it got, it, it, sometimes it would, it would go away. It would depend on if I was getting high or not. Like if I would smoke a lot, then I wouldn't really care. But if I was ever sober, then it truly mattered to me that a type of conversation was happening. And that I wanted it to be informational. I wanted it to be high consciousness driven type of conversation. And then it just got me to a point of just learning and learning and learning so much that I got to a point where all I really realized was that we're all doing this dance together. And that in order for me to have the best type of conversation, the most meaningful to me is I have to allow that fluidity to take place. I have to I have to like let go of the reins because when you just tighten your hands on that rein and you're just you want to have complete power over what is going on and designate conversation and content the way that you think it ought to be shit gets it gets really weird and you just realize that you're fighting a losing battle and it's not until you let go that you realize, oh, this is what I really should have been doing much more of the time. It would have been much more fluid. I would have been more, much more comfortable. They would have been much more comfortable. And I think that having you back on this podcast is some modicum of that in my life, some modicum of that manifestation, because I had Syl back on here before. I don't think I had any other recurring guests yet. I think you might be the just the, the second one. Stokes. So three. I, there are a few more people that have already been on there, actually, probably most of them, that I would like to have back because it could be done a much better way. The last time you and I were on here, we both, there were critiques, right? I mean, you had critiques of yourself. I had critiques. I had critiques of myself. There's something about headphones that drowned out a bunch of other what could be things. And now you hearing yourself and you hearing me it puts you in a zone 
it puts you in, in a bit more narrow of a zone where it's it's hard, it would be very difficult for you to not be paying attention to the things that yeah. I'm saying. No, that's true. That is that is very, very true. To like not get distracted or yeah. whatever. That's very easy for people. People, most people get distracted all the time doing most things that they do. Like that is that is the constant state of affairs that people are in. I see it happen all the time. I was at the fucking light the other day, and we're in a. We're, it's a red light, and we're about to turn right, and it's me, and there's like a Mustang in front of me, and then like a hatchback in front of the Mustang, and there's cars coming the way in the traffic that we are about to converge merge onto. And then for a little while, there's like a break in the traffic going that way. So, you know, people, you can turn right on red as long as you're yielding properly. So the guy in front of me in the Mustang, I'm assuming he's looking left, same as the guy in the hatchback is looking to the left. And I guess as the guy in the Mustang is looking to the left, this is just my idea of what was going on. I don't know what else it could have been, is because when he sees a break in the traffic, he assumes it's time to go. So while looking to the left, just hits the accelerator. The hatchback in front of him has not moved one inch. Did not move at all. Runs straight into the back. Just five feet ahead of him. Just runs straight into the back of the car. And then now they have to roll off to the side and do that whole dance. And this is 5.45 in the morning on the way to work. Now they have to go do this dance What's your insurance company? Okay, what's mine? Why why did you do that? They have to go through this whole story because you're simply just not paying attention yeah. at all. All it would have taken was for you to just break and look in front of you where your car is going to be going if you hit the accelerator. But he chose to not do that and he just looked off to the left. But that's mostly of what's going on. I that's what I see most of the time and what gaining wisdom and perspective has done for me, the compassion that is given for me for other people. And I was telling you before this that I don't see people just being assholes for the most part just to be assholes. They don't know. Like they don't know how to be another way in that moment. They're just they're just sort of disabled in a sense. Like that's just what they have available in that moment. And it's weird because you look around all the time and just think how does this person not know that they're being obnoxious or they're being outrightly rude? They just, they just don't. They just don't. It's a consciousness issue. But if you gain consciousness, I don't see why you would want that unless it gives you compassion to be able to look at others and say, oh, well, he doesn't know. Like, they, she doesn't know. They have no idea how they're coming off. Not, a, not an idea. Recently, I have been recognizing on a more, cons- a more frequent basis how I will learn about my personality, things like that I, I may not have like noticed before. Mm. Like, oh, I have a tendency to do that or it's very like me to to do this. Mm. Um, whereas before, like I would just do it and I wouldn't really notice that I did it until yeah. I was like, oh, oh, I'm I have that trait. Like I'm I'm like that. Mm. And it's been Meaning someone would have to point it out for you. No. Well then how'd you figure it out? Like how would you come to Because I didn't like it. Like I'll give one example okay. because this has happened on multiple circumstances. We were having a game night with friends and I got really competitive at a point in time. And I think that competitiveness when you're playing, <laughs> no, like this is there's a point where like, I think competitive when you're playing competitiveness, when you're playing games is really common okay. and welcome, especially too, because if you're around friends, a lot of times like, there's this is like 
banter right. of like, oh, I'm going to fucking smoke you. I'm going to totally destroy you, whatever. Mm. And like you like just try to you're just like really just teasing each other. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's this competitive, playful nature to it. But then there's a level of competitiveness that's like no one else is going to have a good time around this person. <laughs> and there was a day where I didn't like how I felt when I was playing the game. And afterwards, I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't want to play games with me. And so, like, mm. I need to address. I didn't know mm. I was competitive. Right. I didn't know that about myself until I was in that moment. And I was like, fuck, I don't like this. I don't mm. like this. Um, and then it was the thing for me that was like, you can be competitive, Jess. It's fine. Like, you don't need to take this so seriously. Like, you can back off. Like, just, you know. And that it took a lot of paying close attention to be like, I don't have to. I don't just have to be like, I'm a competitive person. Right. Be like, Jessica, this is the way you are. This is the way you're going to be. I guess you don't play games anymore. <laughs> guess you're not allowed to do that anymore Yikes. because no one's going to have a good time. Like, I refuse to, like, accept that mm. about anyone's personality. Like, you can be, you can experience these things. You can exhibit these, you know, char like, character traits and everything mm. like that. But, like, you don't like something? Practice something else. Mm. Right. Do something different. Like, if you want to be different. And so that's been a big thing for me is I'm going to start to notice, okay, I have a tendency to do this and I want to be doing this. Okay, well, how do I practice? Like what what practices are going to get me closer to that? So so doing this podcast and speaking the way that I do and you've heard for so long has taught me that when I when I say things like you just said, I then I either have to preface them or I have to have some postscript and say, now, I know that I'm making it sound easier than it actually is. Oh, a thousand percent. I've, 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 because I've had now people tell me that they have listened to the podcast and then at some point felt overwhelmed because I make because I make it, I, sound feel, easy. I make it sound like it, the things I'm talking about are easy. And yes. it's like, Earl, listen, man, no, no, like maybe no. maybe you just work a little bit different. Maybe you, you grew up around something else. It's but like it's not of messing up. Over and over and over again and learning something new every time you do the thing. So it's a little, it's like a, like in a little chip off the block, like as, so, you, as you're working. So on someone story. told me the other day that they have a, they have a, a close one, a loved one that always tunes out when people are talking to them. Like they legitimately just change the channel and they're just, and then when it's time for them to talk, they clearly have no fucking idea what you were talking about. None whatsoever. And do they know they do it? Well, yeah. I mean, they they've been they've been told before. So so this is so this is my thing. This is why I asked you. So you had to have someone tell you, and you're like, well, no, I noticed it. My thing is, and this and this is why I'm a proponent of of mindfulness meditation and the sorts because I don't know a way of heightening consciousness. I don't I don't know like another way. If you don't have people around you that tell you, hey, man, like this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like when you do this mm -hmm. thing. Could you please not do it? It doesn't make us, your loved ones, feel good when you do this thing. It's like an intervention of sorts. If you're not intervening, how do you expect someone that's just in that groove and they've been doing it for 20 plus years of their life to just like snap this new gear of awareness like it doesn't like that. That's not that's counterintuitive. Like there's no way that they can just do that unless there's someone that's like, hey, man, you did that thing again. Hey, you did that thing again. And it's not until someone says it enough where then you start to hear what it sounds like 
or you see what it looks like in your brain when that thing's happening. And then some awareness starts to happen. But I, I don't know how you get that, how you raise your awareness and your consciousness without mindfulness practices. I, I don't know any other way. That's what's worked yeah. for me. That was that was the only thing that like I was I was going to say based off of if somebody were like, well, you make it sound much, much easier than it actually is. I would mm -hmm. love to just have that self-awareness or whatever. But meditation, I think for so many people in all the years that I have been doing what I'm doing, mm -hmm. meditation is always that thing where people are like, I'm not good at it yeah. or it's super intimidating yeah. or whatever the case might be. And what I really try to just get people to, to consider and I will say this in my classes. I will say this to people that have never meditated before, never done yoga before, whatever. And I will just say, like, it's paying attention. Mm. It's just paying attention. And how do you so how do you teach that? How do you and what you've done before, before on the podcast when you be like, OK, we're going to take five minutes and we're going to meditate. Mm. And you say, notice your breath. Mm. Notice how your back feels mm. leaning against the chair or leaning, you know, or sitting upright and supporting how your how your muscles feel. Mm. You know, notice the temperature of the room that you're in. How do your how you're close sitting on your body? Do you feel like restricted? Do you feel comfortable? Like, and it's just noticing. Yeah. And it could start with something really close and familiar. Like, what mm. do you feel right now? Put your hands on you. Like, how are you like? Are you cold? Are you warm? Are you comfortable? Are you stiff? Are you sore? Like, and just that's paying attention mm. rather than just like autopilot just like i'm doing these things i'm picking this up i'm going to work i'm coming home i'm going to sleep and like it's not it's no longer like how am i feeling mm. how's that person feeling like am i mm. like it's it no longer becomes that it's just like doing mm -hmm. rather than being yeah and that is often what i have to try to remind people to do is just like we're so focused on just like do that thing get there go yeah. there and that it's like we stop paying attention to what's happening right here yeah. and so that is that has been the biggest thing for me is like there was a period of time where I was meditating like every single day and it's awesome. It's great. And guided meditations are super helpful. If you have no idea how to sit in silence mm -hmm. with your thoughts, right. you don't know what to do with them. Yeah. Guided meditations are super, super helpful. And there's like a bajillion free ones out there. Like, so you could definitely go into those, but just sitting and breathing. I've had a lot of my clients. I'll give them homework. My mentor right now calls it homework. I, <laughs> I know you love it. it. I, know you I love it. That's not but, bad. That's not bad. No, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. Gary, but, but I would tell them to take, Five minute quiet breaks. That's what I call them because that takes a lot of weight off of like, I want you to take mindfulness breaks or I want you to take meditation breaks. I'm like five minutes, step away from the task that you're doing, step away from other people and just be in a quiet place. Mm. And you can breathe, you can go outside, you can be walking for mm. those five minutes, but just like remove yourself yeah. from all the things that you feel like are responsibilities or distractions or weighing on you. Like just step out mm. five minute quiet breaks. And that is so much more doable for people for some reason, but they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Like they're yeah. doing, they're doing it. And yeah. so a lot of times it's like, okay, just give yourself a break to stop the thing that you're doing at the moment and just like be. Yeah, it's, it's different. And I'm certain that there are different gears or different capabilities as far as mindfulness goes for people. Um, and because we, we understand what like lucid dreaming is like. Like some people have lucid dreams a lot of when the time. Shout we? out, shout out to Mikey. Yeah, some people have so or or you when I say lucid, I don't even mean this very specific stratum of 
you get to do whatever you want to do, like breaking away from the chains of just being in a play, but just making up your own play as it goes. Mm -hmm. Because some people are just on that level and they go to sleep and they just break and they just fly and they want to go do this. And they like some people dream that way. I so when I say lucid, I'm going to use it in a much more loose way, which is just that you're aware that you're dreaming Mm -hmm. and it's it's vivid. Yes. The storyline is vivid. You you kind of see what's happening and why it may be happening. Maybe what correlation that has to like your real life. You may even know like who you really are in life, in real life when you're awake. And if the things that you're doing while you're sleeping are in correlation with that person. Like, hmm, yeah, like that. I would do that. Mm. Or or that's that's out of my character. Like, why would I do that? Like, these are things that I think about when I'm dreaming. Mm. Like, I, I have this level of awareness in my dreams. I know when I'm doing something that's out of character or most of the time that doesn't even happen anymore. The things I'm doing in my dream are things that I would do in real life, yeah. like decisions I would make in real life. I'm like, yeah, that's an Earl ass decision right there. <laughs> and if you if you have ever been able to look at a dream in a vivid, lucid way. Then you can understand that there is a lucid way of living life. Like when you're awake, you can actually live in a more lucid way because a lot of people, and I promise you, I wish that I truly, truly wish that I was overdoing it when I say this, but I actually think that people are sleepwalking. I actually feel that way. I know that people are driving cars and they're going and they're punching into work and they're operating things and they raise children and they eat food, and they have conversations. I get all that. I understand that these functions are taking place. But I think a lot of that is autopilot. I think that they've just been like learned how to do things, and then autopilot takes over. But I don't think that there are a lot of lucid. I wouldn't say a lot, because there are billions of people in the world. So there are a lot of lucid, but it's still a small percentage in comparison to how all the billions of people in the world. But most people are sleepwalking as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they just have like blinders on. Like they do not, they're not aware of themselves, how they truly feel about things. I think that they are running through a coded matrix that has been programmed for them in that it's hard to tell. It's sort of like simulation theory. People would say, this could very well be a simulation. And if you're playing a video game, how do you know that those characters that you're playing with in the video game don't know that they're in a video game? Like, how do you know when you're playing it and you turn it on and, that, and they're running around doing the stuff that they don't know that this is a video game? How do you know that they don't feel conscious in that game? Like, how do you know that? How do you know that people say that plants and all this stuff aren't conscious? I, I don't necessarily believe in that. Like, how do you know that these things do not? feel things that they're not conscious of their own possibly mortality mm-hmm. how do you know that it's it's a fascinating thing to just give a little bit of thought to yeah but i i truly feel like people are sleeping and they're just going through the motions of life and they're missing out on so much i've talked about this before and again shout out to sil think about this idea, because I find it to be one of the most, the most ubiquitous and fundamental comedic layouts life has to offer. 
being bored. Just, I know that people are bored. I don't mean to shit on anyone that gets bored. People get bored. But this is my thing. Being bored to me on the planet Earth as a human being blows my mind. And that's that's the curtain. That's the iron curtain in front of people's eyes that I that I'm talking about. You are a living being. That the chances of you being here are so low, like. You, you, they're so small. They're so small. The chances that the, that us that occupy this space here now are actually here living, breathing, conscious. This ain't supposed to just have like this isn't we just take this for granted because we're just alive. We've just gotten used to it. This shit is not regular. Life is just not regular. And so for people to find themselves like done like i'm so over this like like fucking dejected from life and then some and then you see young people 15 16 17 years old and they're just like eh, <sighs> like people sighing <sighs> so done with this this is so boring like i'm so over this that that even being a perspective to me is wild do you even do you understand what life is we're breathing. We're walking around. We can understand things. We can communicate with one another. We can build rockets and send people to the fucking in, in outer space. We find different ways of eating food and find all this new technology. And we can FaceTime with people in China right now. We can we can sit in our own thoughts and, and, and explore our inner space. And sometimes that can take you from a place of turmoil in distraught, just fucking dissolute, just just the worst of times. And it can bring you to a place of enlightenment all from just sitting with yourself. Like that is an actual perspective. That is something that can actually happen in the human perspective. And the fact that people get bored, like they're just, eh, like, like eh, how was, how, was, how was your day at school, son? Eh, it was okay, it was whatever. How how was your day at work, honey? Oh, you know, same shit, different days. Just, you know, just going through, doing the things, you know, sending the fucking faxes. Uh, you know, you know, Betty's being a bitch like always. She's always in the fucking cafeteria talking shit in the break room. Like, you know, Jeff is over here. He's always trying to fucking mansplain to me every time he wants me to do something. It's just like this constant droning life that people go through. And I know that there are many ways that people get caught in that. I understand that. But the fact that that is an option, that perspective, blows my mind knowing the lucidity that I have for my experience on this planet. It's insanely complex and beautiful and it's it's everything. And so to not be able to tap into that, that frequency is such it's so it's so terrible. It's so saddening. I feel very deeply. Where you're coming from, I completely understand. And I, uh, over the past couple, of, actually, this is something I've talked to you about before, like a, a challenge that I have had. This is why I brought up the the kind of personality traits that I was noticing about myself. Okay, Jessica, I know you're this kind of person. I know this is how you like to approach these conversations. I know this is typically how you like to approach problems. 
However, how are you going to show up for this person that mm. does not have that sight, that does yeah. not have that vision, that does not have that set of options? Yes. Like we talked about, is not with working with that software. How are you going to show up for them? Yeah. Because how you do things, how your personality works, isn't going to work for that person. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I've been trying so hard to just be like, okay, I don't have to adhere to this is how Jessica works. So I'm not going to be able to help that person. Right. All right. Well, I guess I guess that's that. Yeah. Hopefully somebody else can help them. That's better handling that type of personality, whatever. I, I'm trying very hard to pull back from that. Thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how can I adjust how I speak and how how I how I'm paying attention to this person? How can I make adjustments where I'm at so that way I can better show up for them? And it's been really difficult because we'll be very much I'll I'll be looking at somebody, speaking to somebody that is very much in that place where they just feel like I don't know. How, do, how would I describe this? Not not like they're bored, but very much just like they're stuck mm. in this pattern. Okay. Just over and over. This is the way things are. This is the way things are going to be. And it just seems it feels hopeless. Mm -hmm. And I'm over here like, you don't have to live like that. Like we're talking about, you don't have to be miserable all the time. There are so many other options. There's so yeah. many things you can do yeah. to get out of this hole that you think that you're in. Yeah. Like you think that you're just stuck here, but you're just not looking up to see that there's a rope and there's a ladder and there's all these like you're yeah, you're just that's a good way of putting like, it. Like it's crazy, and so I'm I'm trying really really hard. That's a really good way of putting it. Really trying really really hard to to not repeat the pattern that I usually fall into, where I am I, I am the I'm the type of person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm the type of person that when somebody has a problem, when there is a problem, I'm like. How do we fix it? Yeah. That's why I do what I do. That's literally why I'm in the field that I'm in. I'm like, oh my God, you want to change something? Great. Let's do it. Oh my yeah, God. I can't yeah. wait to help you change that thing. It's awesome. Yeah. It's difficult looking at somebody that recognizes that they have a problem. They might not be able to articulate what that problem is, but they recognize that they're not happy. Mm -hmm. But they don't see options. Yeah. Like they literally don't see. I can't stop thinking about the conversation that you had with Katie when you were talking about you have the the awareness, you have mm. the insight to go into a dark tunnel, seeing the light at the other side, saying like, I can go through this hard thing and I know I'm going to come out the other side. And it's going to be great. Right. And there are some people that don't have that insight and they step into that darkness and they don't know. They don't see that light at the end. They don't know how long this tunnel goes for. They don't yeah. know what it's going to be like in there. Yeah. And then they don't want to step in. Yeah. And it's so I'm like, how do I communicate with those people? How do I do that? Because we've talked before about asking questions. And I think questions are so powerful. But then you talk about asking the right questions mm -hmm. and really getting them to take ownership in those questions. That's something that I'm practicing right now. Like in my in my work that I'm doing, I'm actually stepping into like a mentorship role where it's 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 going to be my place. And I'm learning a lot about what this looks like, but it's going to be my place to help pretty much coach other teachers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We did speak about this. To, like... You know, and to help them, you know, hone in on their skills and just just grow as a teacher. Like we're supposed to be working with each other to help build those skills. And then I've been working with, you know, my mentor to say, OK, well, these are the things that you should be looking at and paying attention to. And today was the very first day. That I took a student's class, or sorry, I took a teacher's class, and then you know I asked, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna take notes. I haven't been giving teachers 
feedback yet because I, I haven't truly, honestly, felt ready to have that conversation with somebody because I want to make sure that I articulate it properly, that I verbalize it properly because I do not want to come off like I'm evaluating somebody or I'm telling you this is what you did wrong and this is what you need to do right because that's not my job. That's not my role. That's not my, that's not what I'm trying to achieve at all. I'm just trying to observe from the perspective of like a student and say, okay, well, these are things that we should consider, you know, because we have a very diverse, you know, community that comes into our studios. How do we meet all these different people where they're at? Yeah. You know, how do we make this as accessible as possible? So I'm just trying to, every note I write down in a class is usually like question mark. Mm. I'm like, can we do this differently? Can right. we, you know, how you just, just to promote conversation, mm. to ask those questions. And I went, you know, I, I went to this, you know, teacher's class and I said, you know, do you mind if I take some notes? I'm working on this mentorship thing. She said, absolutely, go ahead. And I, you know, I took some notes. I took the class and I thought it was a great freaking class. I still had notes. I still had observations. I still had questions, you know. And afterwards she was like, oh, do you have feedback for me? And I didn't feel like I was really prepared to have that conversation yet. But I was like, yeah, like, you know, we could talk about this. And I sat down and when I started, I, I prefaced it with just saying like, when I take notes right now, they're really questions. Like they're really just observations. Like, can we have a conversation about this? Mm. Can we do this any differently? Can we offer this a different way? Like, can we word this different? Like whatever, like it's just, can we look at this more than the one way that you taught it in class? Is that a possibility? And that's really what I'm trying to do because I don't think that there's a right and wrong way to do this. Mm. Like, in, by this, I mean yoga and life. I don't think there's a right and wrong way to do this. But it's really like, how can you make this the most accessible for as many people as possible? Like, how can you reach as many people as possible? How can you hold space for as many people as possible? And I'm talking to her and I'm giving her some feedback. And I just noticed I would be like this too. Totally, I'd be like this too. But like, she felt almost defensive in a moment. She recognized that she was like, I didn't always used to be able to take criticism. And she's like, I really want to open myself up to it. And so I was really grateful that she even asked, do you have feedback for me so that we could have that conversation? But for me, I'm I came away from that and I'm like, how can I talk to an individual? Like I could have one teacher that could take criticism all day, every day and be like, oh my God, like I could work with all of that. Thank you so much. Like I can totally do this. And then another teacher that would feel like they have to fight that criticism or defend it or mm. whatever. How do I communicate with those people? And I consider asking questions that are more and like open-ended questions too, because if you can get somebody to identify their intention and their perspective and where they're at, they're taking ownership now for that situation and that action that they did or that thing that they said versus asking something that's more specific. Like we've, we've talked about this before, bias questions like, right. you know, why do you think this is good? Or why do you think this is bad? Just being like, Oh, what was your intention about this? Or what were your thoughts about this? Or how did you feel about this? And really getting them to own what they did. That's way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, it seems so simple when I'm like working again with my mentor and she's like, oh, you know, asking these types of questions can be super, super helpful. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But when I'm in it, I, I find that I have a hard time asking the right questions. Yeah. And that's so difficult for me right now because I want to show up for everybody right. and I want to have all the conversations, but 
but I don't want people to feel like they have to be defensive. And that's not always on me. Yeah. Like that's not always my problem or my job to, to make sure that they, you know, take whatever it is I'm saying exactly like this. But if I can, if I can just be that much more deliberate about how I inquire about this thing and how I address this thing, regardless if that's in my job and I'm working with another teacher or outside and I'm working with a friend or I'm working with a family member and I'm not sure how to communicate with them, but I want so badly to support them. It's really freaking tough. And that has been like the forefront of my <laughs> mind as of late. <laughs> yeah, some people, do, yeah, they do not want that fucking, they just don't want to hear anything that they're not doing. It, it just, there does have to be a delineation between the thing that someone's doing and who they are because then they'll get attacked. I mean, as rightly they should, if you say, listen, you are are being blank, right? As you were just saying, like, you don't have to be that thing. It can just be something that you're practicing. And it, or it could be something like, so this idea that we're doing or this movement, is there another way that this could be done? Is it, do you, do you ever feel, have you ever tried like doing this or have you heard anyone do this thing? It's not, I don't like the way that you do this thing. Correct. Right. So right. it's just, it, there is, there is a lot of it that, that goes into, it's just also people feeling like they need to be heard a lot of the time that it's not that people, once they feel like they're actually heard, then it opens the gate for you to be able to then cross that bridge. And for you guys to actually talk about some stuff, Yeah. because people are talking over people a lot of time. And if they feel like they're being attacked, they will shut out everything that you have to say. And everything you're saying is just going to one ear and out the other. It's like, it may not even be going in one ear like that's i think that's a huge we talk about like the practice of listening yeah like really actively listening when somebody is talking yeah but questions are important like exactly like what you said because like listening yeah absolutely listening could make somebody feel heard but what if that person doesn't feel like talking and Mm -hmm. they still want to feel heard Mm -hmm. how do you get them to talk Mm -hmm. in a way that like is going to engage them and is going to like really I think that I think that we read intentions. You know, uh, this was another one of those things where I made it sound easier than it is, and I don't have a child, so people are probably going to feel bad, that, you know, upset that I'm even talking about. It. <laughs> but we were talking about raising children and why you know certain children get to certain places, and I was saying, listen, man, I don't have all the answers. What I will tell you is that I see a bunch of kids slap their mom in the face, call their mom a bitch, tell them, no, mom, I didn't order that. I wanted the French toast. Now get it right. Like I've heard this, and then the mom just be like, "Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Can we please get him the French toast?" Like, all right, I'm so sorry. Like I've seen this play out, and all I'm saying is, well, what do you expect for this boy to be like at the age of 18? Because because then at the age of 18, you're going to be trying to figure out. I don't know why he's like this. Like, well, like I, I put him in therapy, or we're, we're trying to talk to him. I don't understand what's going on. He has extracurricular activities. Yeah, but when he was seven, he was calling you a bitch, and you allowed it. So 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 he's done that that part of his life is done. These things have been embedded in his system. Yes, things can change, but do they often? No, they don't. The way that you're raising small children, that is that is the bedrock of who a human being can and may be for the remainder of their life. There's a lot of that instilled in them. Are they learning respect for other people? Are they? Are they learning how to respect other people's space, other people's time? Other people's things? Are they learning these things? Or are they learning how to play with other children correctly? 
or are they just taking people's stuff and walking away or they're cheating at games? So when you start cheating at games, you're not invited back to play games. You're not invited back to play games. You're not invited back to sleepovers or to parties or any of this stuff. And then who do you grow up to be? Someone that don't nobody want to fucking be around. <laughs> and we know what those people feel like inside because we're social beings. So when you cut all that off at an early age and it's not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's fault because the kid was a fucking kid trying to learn how to be a kid. Right. The parents should have been there to learn or teach them how to be a child that other children like. So I was saying, <laughs> 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 well, you have to learn how to speak to children. So what if you got a difficult child? You might have a difficult child, but. When did you start raising them? Did you start raising them at the age of four? Did you start raising them when you realized that you all were pregnant? What were you doing when they were in the womb? Like how far, how serious did you take pregnancy? Did you, cause, cause I'll tell you what, if I get someone pregnant, I'm raising that child at that, the moment I realize that there's a child, I'm raising the child. Like that, that very moment when it's just like, yeah, Earl, so I think we're pregnant. That moment, yes, I'm a father, yep. and we're raising the child right then and there. We have to be thinking about what you're eating, how we're exercising. Is listening to Mozart and classical music an actual thing? Do we need to be doing that? Do we need to be thinking about if this child's going to be bilingual, trilingual? Like, what are we like? What are we implementing? What are we doing right now? How am I learning about being a better person and therefore a better father for when this baby does arrive in the actual world? Right, and then once that happens, what are they learning? First 10 words, please and thank you is going to be in there, right? This is me. Doesn't have to be anyone else. I'm thinking about these types of things. What are they seeing around the house? Are they seeing love? Are they seeing dancing, singing, people sitting down, paying attention to one another, having conversation, putting their phone away when it's time for a conversation, having family dinners? Like, do they see any of this stuff or not? This stuff matters. Do I just give them a fucking iPad when I don't want to hear them anymore? So just allow them to get on YouTube and do whatever the fuck they want to do. That's that's a so thing. Interesting for me listening um, on the last podcast when Keon was talking about Jacory and <laughs> I, I, literally I'm gonna like really just bring it down and like just Jacory being on TikTok or just or like oh, yeah. like watching TikTok. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking back to like what I was doing at that age. Oh yeah, and I'm like. What I'm not so, even I was close. so yeah intrigued by the concept of like man I know I definitely like yeah my my priorities and my desires would have been different if like that was you know my exposure yeah. and it's so difficult because right now like it's everywhere like all the time so and so, so okay you, like how okay. like what whatever you're like okay allowing your children to be exposed to you can do but so much. Because they also will go into social situations, like they go to a sleepover or they go to school or whatever. And then you're getting exposure. They're, they're getting exposure from these other kids, too. So it's like it's the society that we're in right now, it the is. time that we're in. Like you're that exposure's there. It's out there. And it's just so interesting. So they come back from a sleepover or from being on TikTok all day at school or just from being at school. They come from anywhere. The kid comes back home. This is one of these moments where. Active listening comes in handy and knowing how to ask proper questions come in handy. This goes for speaking to your child. That's why I'm speaking on this, because from the outside, which people don't like when you do. Right. Because I feel like I have an insight to speaking to people. Right. So I can speak about speaking to children because I'm, I'm talking about relationships. It doesn't matter which one we're talking about. You have to learn how 
to engage with a individual person. And so when it comes to dating, people are like, what are you supposed to say? Why isn't what's up good enough on Tinder or whatever you're going through? Like, like, what are you supposed to say? How are you supposed to keep this conversation going? Well, when a kid comes in with his book bag and he throws his fucking book bag on the table and it's time to go do whatever it is he wants to do, and you say, oh, how was your day at school? You're like, oh, you know, it's whatever, it's cool. Okay, cool. Well, listen, dinner's going to be, you know, here in three hours, so go ahead and wash up. You missed an opportunity. Most people don't even know what just happened in the com- in what I just said in that dialogue I just said. They're just like, yeah. That's, that is a wrong... That you asking, how was your day at school? And then saying, oh, it was good. That was a missed opportunity. That would never be the way that I ask a question. Now, why not? Because that question allows for this child to just say, oh, it was good, it was whatever. You didn't ask anything specific about that person's day whatsoever. You threw them a blanket statement question. How was your day? It was good. Okay, cool. Well, listen, dinner's going to be here in three hours. You didn't learn anything at all about about how he feels that day, like what his mental health is like, like what he's thinking about, what he ate, who he spoke to, if he spoke to anyone. Did he make friends? Did he lose friends? Did he learn anything? Does he want to learn anything? You didn't learn any of these things. And, and you could have just asked some, just one specific thing that's kind of open it. So like, what'd you guys have today at lunch? Right now, you're asking you something specific. Right? What'd is you it, learn today? Like, it's something there. Then is then you're at. Oh, you know, I had this and this at lunch. Oh yeah, did like your friend have that? Do you do you have you have friends like have you you have friends at the at the lunch table? Now you're learning about the people that your son or daughter are around at school. Mm-hmm. If there are people there, you're you're learning these things, and then that's when people open up. People generally, generally speaking, open up. When they feel like the other person is actually listening and not just inquiring on that base level of just like, oh, how was this? How was that? OK. And then whatever bullshit answer you give them is good enough. Then they're just like, OK, yeah, they didn't really. Yeah, OK. They didn't really care anyway. Like that was enough. Like that answer, the four letter answer good was enough for them to stop inquiring about my entire day, how I feel, what I ate, what was going on. Like that was good enough. It's not until someone's actually curious. So the real question you have to ask yourself is, how do you unlock a genuine curiosity inside yourself? Because other people aren't really stupid. Like most people aren't really stupid. Like they don't know when you're bullshitting. They don't know when you're asking with ulterior motives or if you're like trying to fake it so that you can get to something that you want to talk about. You, you very rarely, and I've run into a couple and it's so beautiful. It's like, it's a huge turn on for me. Huge turn on for me when I'm looking at someone and they're like, they're activated. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to call it in life. They're not a sleepwalker. They're activated. They're lucid. And they're genu- generally curious in other people. I'm sorry, genuinely curious in other people yeah. and like what they have going on. It's really weird to me when people are super narcissistic to the point where it's just their life and just everyone else is just floating around. It's really weird to me when people don't ask about other people. It's really, really weird to me. Yeah. And like, And they don't actually care. They just ask as a buffer so that they can get to what it is they want to talk about. I'm, I'm going to mention this, um, this behavior or this action because I believe that there are plenty of people out there that will do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really 
interesting way of trying to connect with people when you don't know how to connect with people. Yep. Is getting online, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're at, and saying, hey, does anybody want to hang out tonight? Does anybody want to get a drink tonight? Does anybody want to watch a movie tonight? And just open-ended. Oh, shit. Anybody want to. I know multiple people are doing this. <laughs> because if I if I know one person that will do this, definitely there's too many people doing it. I know just this. It's just a, on, on my head. Like, I know this. I know. Who wants to do that? Hmm. And. Okay. The person that I know of that does this never gets any takers. And it feels lonely. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'm speaking from a personal perspective when I say if somebody that I liked and somebody that I was really close friends with did that, I wouldn't take them up on that offer. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm so serious. Like if one of my friends like did that, I'm not gonna no. However, if you hit me up and you're like, do you want to go out tonight? Do you want to get a drink tonight? Do you want to watch a movie tonight? Yeah, I would love to see you. Now, that is a general, it, that's a, that's a genuine interest in like us time, in spending time with me as a person. Whereas if you're like, hey, does anybody want to hang out tonight? Okay. Now you are settling for whoever says yes. Okay. Whoever says that they're going to show up is good enough. All right. All right. All right. Let's, let me offer some, uh, some pushback. Let's just throw some hypotheticals out here. So let's say because like this is because this, this, yeah. this is hilarious. And by no means what I'm about to say, do I actually believe it? <laughs> so, so let me start with that. <laughs> well, OK, this this I kind of do believe in. Well, no, I do believe in different cultures, right? Whether you go to like more Spanish speaking countries or maybe like Italy, some European countries, you go to certain other places and the sense of community is completely different. They foster a sense of community by just hanging out with people, speaking to people outside the window, just meeting new people and hanging out on a whim. It's just a completely different culture, different vibe. They're much looser. So I could understand people just saying, who wants to hang out? Like, I'm, I'm actually down to hang out with whatever, whomever. And I could find myself enjoying any of you people that I'm actually friends with. Because if I'm friends with a bunch of people on Facebook, especially Facebook is more closely knit. You don't usually just be like it's not like a like a Twitter, Instagram follower type of thing where it usually just be hundreds or thousands of people that you have no fucking idea who they are. I think I think Facebook is usually a bit more tight knit. I think it could be it could I be could it could be that, the same. It could be it could be, you know, it could be the same. OK, social media, social media. I guess it could be the exact same. Um, but you could have some takers or some people that genuinely live around you and you've seen them around if you don't actually have a real relationship with them and you could find yourself just up for it because the same it's the same thing on tinder or any of these other apps you get on there how well are you really getting to know these people and you're saying yeah let's hang out like let's do it so you could find yourself being like just casting a net and then whatever fish you get let's have a great time yeah let's have it doesn't mean that once you get here it's just it's going to be lackluster it could just mean whomever is ready I'm ready for them. Yeah. And it's going and when it when and if and if you get here, then our our hangout is gonna be catered towards us. And it wouldn't be what it would be if so and so answered mm-hmm. this 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 thing. Yeah. So now that I'm speaking more through it, I do believe in a little bit more of that. I think it's a possibility. I don't think that the people you're talking about are doing this thing. And I don't think that if that's happening, 
I think that this is like a point one percent chance of people actually using it this way. Yeah. I think for the most part, people are sad and they're lonely and they need someone around. And it's just like some yo someone just come up and let's sit down on a couch while we both scroll on Facebook or Twitter together. Like, like, let's do that thing. And I will nominally respond to you when you say things and you, you know, show me the next video and take like, oh, I didn't see that one. That's really funny. Hey, look at this one. And you and that is some people's hangout. Like, that's how some people hang out. And that's their thing. It's yeah. not for me. But, you know, that's them. It's, it's it, you know, people were social. But people don't know how to be social. So you get a lot of floundering around out there. Like people are trying to find a way to connect with people. But they, if this is, this is, you're not taught how. Communications for me wasn't just a thing because I, I, I felt like I had a natural knack for it. But because I realized that this is the one thing that we all have to do. Now I look at it as an art form, right? And you spoke to Rachel you about that. Rachel have spoke to. to. There are some people that are like they will avoid this, like the plague. Well, no, no, no. You don't. Have, I'm sorry. You don't have to do this. I'm not talking about like this level of conversation. No, 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 but I like, know, but, but like, you're gonna have to. I don't know what lifestyle you're living where you don't speak to human beings. There are some of them where maybe you're like an engineer. You do some SEO work. You can sit in your house all day long. You get. Uber Foods or Uber Eats and, and DoorDash and you don't even go out. Maybe you do some push-ups in the house if you exercise. Some people don't leave. But for them, but that's not most people's experience. Most people, they have a boss or they have coworkers or they go to the gym. They they they're talking to someone. I think that there is a, a degree that we understand as human beings that we need some kind of connection. Right. Whether that's like with a person. Yes. Or many persons. Right. But like that we need some type of human connection. But it's not taught. You go to school. You take history, science, math, English. Then you get to a certain point, you take some electives. You take an art class. You take a music class. You take a photography class. You take a basketball class, a football class, an auto mechanics class, a whatever, a workshop class. You take all these other classes, but there is no... In English class is not this. That is not composition class and all that where you learn grammar is not communications class. Those are com completely different things. And most people are not growing up learning these things. So you grow up and it's like, how do I do this? Just like you were saying that women grow up and don't have a real relationship with their cycle because they don't know these things. You're growing up. There's a ton of shit that could be in school that is not right. in school. And communications being as important as it is, it's not one of those things. So people are just floundering around trying to find a connection somehow, but don't know about, people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to have conversations with people without being emotionally volatile, blowing up on people for no reason or because they feel attacked. They're personalizing things that are going on in the external that actually have nothing to do with them because they have this overinflated sense of ego and they're narcissistic and don't even know it because that's a lot of what the day and age is fostering and encouraging through the technology and through the posting the selfies and getting the likes and scrolling and seeing what they're getting. Are they getting the likes? Why am I not getting the likes? I'm posting photos like them. Should I show more ass? Should do I need to do I not look good enough? Like what what do I have to be? Like am I not wearing enough makeup? Do I have to be like should I be funny? Maybe I should try some funny stuff. Maybe I should try like put some stuff on to on TikTok. Maybe I'll get some likes on TikTok. 
So all these different things are just frantically running through people's minds and they don't. And so when you're standing in front of people, I really I give wild credence to this next idea. You have found some solace in your life. I'm saying you're still trying to work out certain things as we all are. I found wild solace in my life. Oh, didn't even know I'd ever get here. Right. Feel great. When I'm sitting in front of someone, which allows me to do a podcast like this and just have conversation with people in general. I'm so here. You have no idea what it looks like on this side. Like I am lasered in to the moment. People, I'm looking at everything. I'm observing everything. This is all that matters to me, right? This is all I have. This is all that I have. I'm so nested inside this second, the second right now, not even the minute, the second right now. I, I don't, I, I've conditioned this. I don't, I can't be any other way now. I'm not going backwards now, but I also know. And I also know when I'm standing in front of other people, I know the cacophony that's going on in their mind. Sirens and fucking stoplights flashing, red light, green light, yellow light, wait, slow down, stop, wait, go. It's like Dave and Busters. Yeah, like it's, just, it's just a fucking circus. The fucking carousel. There's just a ton of shit, bombs going off, squadrons firing at each other. People don't know who they are, who the other person is, who they think the other person is, who the other, who they think the other person thinks that they are and who they ought to be when they speak. Like it, the ideologies, the, the, the polarization on Instagram. And if you're in that, then you're looking at a certain person and you're profiling them and thinking that they look like the type of people that say this on Twitter. Therefore, they probably be believe in this. So I should say this so that they think I'm an ally when it comes to this thing. And all of this is running through your mind when you're just trying to have a conversation with someone. And so going back to what we were talking about 2020, right, with George Floyd, and then now let's fast forward to today, I'm, I'm going to, because you were saying, and there were plenty of these people out here and still saying these things, if, you don't, if you're not doing this thing, then you're a part of the problem. Whatever this thing is, that this thing, that X, that variable is a lot of different things. A lot of different people say, if you're not doing a lot of different things, then you're a huge part of the problem. And there's nuance to that as there's nuance to everything. There's a discussion to be had. It's not just cut clear dry like that as people like to make it seem. I go to the gym and there's this guy in there <laughs> and, and he's talking to me about one, how I one day I remind him of Floyd Mayweather. Hey, I don't know. I walk in this white guy. His name is Chris. Shout out to Chris. Great guy. But he says that he, I remind him of Floyd Mayweather. I'm like, all right. That's cool. He was like, yeah, it's just your build and everything about you, the way you move. It just seems like you seem like Money Mayweather. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll leave, come back another day. And he's talking to me. He's like, oh, Earl, good to see you back, man. He's like, you know, like, you have a real sort of entrepreneurial vibe about you. First of all, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I, 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 I'm assuming, I can only assume that that just means that I carry myself with some sense of, of, of I, I esteem. They're like, I give a fuck about myself. They're like, I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not just some schlub that's just walking around aimlessly. Like, I have my fucking shoulders head, you know, my shoulders back, my straight back, back, straight shoulders back, whatever I'm trying to say right now. Chest out. Like, I move with intention, right? Like, I'm actually living this life like I want to is the way that I move around. That's the way I talk to people. This isn't just a podcast. Like, this is the way I talk to people. And... So I assume that that's what he means. 
But afterwards, he says, yeah, you remind me of Nipsey Hussle. I'm like, nigga, two weeks ago, you just told me I remind you of Money Mayweather. Like, So now maybe I remind you of Floyd Mayweather in some ways, and I remind you of Nipsey Hussle in other ways. But then he goes on a tirade about how he hates that a black man can't do well without, you know, the, the white man and a bunch of people. Keep in mind, it's white dude, Chris, you know, shooting him down and because they can't control him. And if it's a black man, they can't control. Then they're going to get him the fuck out of here. And and he's going on in length about this this material. And I just try to have conversation with him about it in, in, in you know, nuanced fashion. But the whole point is, he, and this has happened to me a lot since 2020, for sure, is I have black, I have brown skin. And so because that is the case, people assume that I have certain stances on things. So then because I have brown skin and I must have the stances of the people that they have had seen have stances on stuff, and they've probably told them, hey, if you don't say these things when you see black people, you're an issue. You're a problem. Or if you don't if you don't get up and salute every black person you see when they come around, you're an issue. If you don't acknowledge these things, you're a problem. And so you hear that long enough. It weighs on you. And then you run up on people and just start talking to them about how terrible it is that the black people are being held down at every juncture of every bit of their life. And. He is only doing what he's been told to do by a bunch of people. Do this or you're getting fucking canceled. We're going to figure out where you're at. We're going to make this an issue for you. We're going to make this an issue for you. And so then the issue is, well, at what point does it become superfluous? At what point does having white people run up to me telling me that they feel so sorry for me and my people and where I come from and how it's just, it's so terrible what happens, you know, what could happen to me if I speak too loudly or if I, and I'm just like, bro, listen, bro, I'm good. <laughs> Chris, I'm, you have no idea what my background was like. You have no idea what I think about things, but this is what goes on through people's minds right. is you, you're so indoctrinated with a bunch of data that you're getting from fucking online with these troll farms where people are just sitting around places, just running amok on Twitter, just gaslighting people and burning shit down simply for that fact, because they work for some partisan company somewhere that would possibly benefit from that type of division or whatever the fuck the case is. You don't know what's going on because that place is not a real place. In real time, I can look at you and I can gauge you, can have real conversation. On Twitter, you don't know what's going on all the time. It's a cacophony. The same type of cacophonous madness that is going on in people's minds when they're just standing two feet away from you having a conversation. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Some people are worse than others, and you can tell because they're constantly fidgeting and they're looking around. Like It looks like they're about to break down. But some people, you would have no idea what the fuck is going on in their mind and just how maddening it is. And you're just simply having a conversation and it's cool on your end, but on their end, it's, it's madness. It's absolute madness. And so I am aware of that. So when I'm talking to people, 
I am I am just paying so close attention to them and figuring out like kind of what their angle is. If they're again they're are trying to appease me because they think I'm a type of person that has a type of agenda or you know set of stances on something, so they're just trying to throw stuff out there. And then what's funny is if they say something and I don't necessarily have the same standpoint on them as, as they think that I do, and I start to broaden it, then they'll start to agree and be like, "Well, yeah, you know what? That's a good point." And it's like, so you didn't actually even believe that thing you said at the beginning. You've just been so beaten down and you're so terrified of having your own perspective on something that has a bit of nuance because you see that nuance gets dragged through the mud a lot of the time because people don't like nuance. They'll take one thing you say, stop listening to the rest and drag that shit through the mud, you along with it. And so you realize that that's been the case so long that you don't even want to say anything that could possibly be outside of anything politically correct. You, uh, we mentioned this, started the conversation with this. We've been kind of coming back this a couple of times, but like people talking about something that maybe they shouldn't be talking about or like, people, right. yes, like talking about something that you don't have any business talking about. And I had told you the story about how I went to this meeting of these 10 women that gathered together in the, in the DMV area that all had different backgrounds and all had different professions. And what I thought was so incredibly valuable is when we got together in this meeting, reiterating for everybody listening, is we we started off by like like writing down something that we're working on right now, a goal that we're working on, a, a you know project that we're working on right now, and why we were having issues with that or something that we were struggling with and we needed some help with. And then we went around the table to all these different women, all with different backgrounds, all with different experiences, and everyone was able to provide a really unique perspective that maybe you've never looked at before. If you're sitting and you have a problem and you're literally only talking to people that are in your field, they're probably going to give you the dozen things that you've already tried mm -hmm. to fix that problem because they have a similar background as you. Even though they still might have their own perspective, right. you're going to get a lot of the same. And then you get this person that's never done what you do. And they're like, oh, well, have you tried this? No, of course I haven't tried this. I would have never thought to try that because I don't have your vision. I don't have your background. I don't have your experience. And that can be, that was super helpful, super useful. And I think that's a really, really beautiful example of understanding that sometimes you're having an issue, something that you could probably benefit the most from is talking to somebody that's totally outside the circle of what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because they're still allowed to have input on the thing, whether you choose to use it or not, or whether you choose to absorb it or take it on or whatever, that's still up to you. But they might finally give you something that you never even consider trying. And that might be like the key. To like, oh my God, I never, never tried this thing. And this is one of the reasons why too, like I, the, the people that I'm closest to that I really relish conversation with the most treasure conversation with are very objective and I will go to them and I will be like I don't know what to do about this thing I'm so overwhelmed by this thing I've tried this I've tried that and they're just like shh have you tried this and I'm like no no I haven't I'm gonna go do that now yeah. <laughs> it's like, sometimes you really just need to take a big step back and you and you need that outside perspective and it's really, really helpful. One of the reasons why I think it's so helpful having a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like, you you finally have somebody that's non-biased. They're not a mm -hmm. part of your drama. 
Mm-hmm. They don't care about what this person said or what that person. They're just like, oh, have you asked this question? Have you have you uh, ever you know tried doing this or ha- have you thought about this or how does this make you feel or what does this make you think of or whatever? Like they start to get you to step back and you're like, you know, I didn't. I didn't ask those questions. I didn't consider that. And then you're like, maybe I can return to this person or I can return to this situation and maybe we can do things differently. It's an awesome perspective. That's why I told you um, third person omniscient is my best, is, is, is my favorite novel perspective because it forces you to look at things from other people's perspective when you may not normally practice that type of thing. And it's it's so imperative that you do that because people they have their experience and they're so they're so engulfed in their experience that they actually think that that is the story. Yes. That what I feel and that what I think and that what I see and I taste it like that is the story. That's not the act. That's not the story. That's your story. That's what's, what's, yeah, exactly. You, if people understood this, like this is a great rule of thumb to tell yourself every, every time anything happens. I do not have all the pieces to the puzzle. You want to know why? Because no human being ever in any situation has always had all the pieces to the puzzle. It's never happened. It's never happened. But people go through life and, you know, catastrophes happen or just a little rift between them and a loved one happens or some shit happens at their job with their manager and they're upset at their manager. And they, they, they get so deeply ingrained in their emotional real estate that they feel like the story that they're telling themselves is actually the story that took place. That is not actually what's happening. That is what you are thinking about the situation. But that person has a story. And aside from that person has a story, there's actually just a reality that took place. And the more that people say, this is what happened, that's what happened. I, 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 I you know, I squint my eyes at those people when, when people use that sort of rhetoric. It's not. So this is my sense of the matter. This is what I think took place. This is how I feel about this thing. But when people start speaking in absolute, like, no, th- like, this is this yeah. is what happened. Like, eh. Okay, like I I believe that that's what you believe. I believe that that's what you believe. I don't have to believe what you believe, but I believe you believe that shit. Yes. Because of the way you're talking to me right now. But that's not the story. That is not everything that this encompasses. And that's why awesome movies like, I think Crash is one of them, where Don Cheadle's a part of it. They're awesome. uh, That video game I was telling you about recently, uh, Detroit Become Human. There are awesome mediums of art that show you the coalescence of a bunch of different pathways in life. I love when movies and TV shows do this, where they start off with like three or four different characters and they just show you their individual lives and then show slowly show you how they converge at some point. You're like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Or it usually starts with like something crazy. I think it was a movie called Vantage Point that did this. But it's like something happened and then they go back. And then they show you how the how this catastrophe took place in all the different characters of the movie and how they got to be at this one intersection. And it's it's moments like that that help you broaden your horizons on what is really going on in this world. Like the true story 
in that it's not just what's going on with you. It's much, much, much larger than that. And until you realize that you're, I mean, you're going to be dealing with all of the, the failings of narcissism for as long as, as you're here in that state. I told someone the other day that I thought that it was beneficial for everybody to speak to a therapist at some point in time, not just because like we're all messed up and we all have garbage going on in our lives that we're trying to navigate or trauma or whatever, because to an extent, sure, we all do. But I was more, so, if anything, just for the sheer fact that you get to talk to a person that is th the non-biased third party, mm -hmm. you know, you get to go talk to this person that is outside all the things that you think are chaos and problems and everything like that. And they're literally just going to ask you to look at it. Right. That's it. And if, if anything, if that is, if that's what you get from talking to a therapist is just being able to have that one human in your life. That's the non-biased party. Great. Cause that is going to really elevate your perspective mm. on you, on your situations with other people on the happenings that are going on around you. Like that's, that's it. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be like, you got a problem and you got to go there and cause you need help. Like you can just, well, go I, well, I, well, I mean, you got a problem and you need help. Right? Uh, like you just, not, it, yeah. it just I mean, but I understand what you're saying. It's right. not like you're just like broken. Diagnosed with the, Oh, their depression, anxiety. That's why you need to go. It's like, if you need to talk to someone, which most people do, that's fine. Like, Which most people do. That's good enough. Yeah. Go talk to somebody. <sighs> and then you also have to make sure that you find the right one, too. I've known, I've known someone that like went to someone. It's like, I'm going to be honest, Earl. Like, talking to you is way better. I and have, I do yeah. not mean to toot my horn when I say that. I just mean that's what the person told me. Like, talking to you is much better. Because this person, th this therapist is just, like, not challenging me at all. Like, it doesn't seem mm. like they're asking the right questions it seems like everything is just real i mean it seems to be real todayified in in what i mean by Ooh. that is just really fucking comfortable and oh, walking on gosh. eggshells okay. and not wanting to say anything that could be offensive and not wanting to challenge your thoughts too much like i don't want to stress really you intriguing. out and it's like i don't i didn't i don't want to come here to be coddled yeah. Some people do not want to go be coddled by their therapist. Yeah. Like, you need to jar my mind. Like, you got to rattle something because something's not working up here. I need a new perspective That's and you're not helping me get there. Literally, like, working with a physical therapist mm -hmm. or, like, a personal trainer. Like, if you're not doing something that's hard. Right. You're probably not getting better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying you need to be doing something that's causing you pain. Right. And that's going to, like, injure you. But, like, it should be work. Yeah, if there's no struggle. Then what are you doing? Yeah. Like, absolutely. And I, I feel like that's in in just my experience with with trying to figure out what's, what's happening to the pain in my ribs and trying to heal that. And over the past couple years of working with as many different people as I have met, I understand that there are people out there that show up because it's a job. And it pays them good money. Yeah. And then there are people that show up because they really care. About the people. person that they're, oh my God, I literally, I told you, I cried when I left the appointment with my physical therapist. Because I was like, holy shit, she paid yeah, it. She like yeah. actually gave me time and attention and energy. And she was invested mm. in where I'm at and was curious and was asking me about all these things. We're like, 
I could have easily walked into the same office and saw a different doctor that talked to me for about 15 minutes and gave me 30 pages of paperwork and said, go read this. You see what I'm like, saying? Just the fact crazy. that you even cried afterwards, like you had that acknowledgement. Do you, do, you, do you understand what that means? It's not just that you had a fantastic time with this person, but it's the fact that you haven't been having that experience with people. So what is that saying? I it wouldn't it be such a great world if everyone just got to do what they love, because then every time you went anywhere, that person would be doing their passion and that you'd be getting just top notch shit all the time. They'd be loving to do what they do. I just wish that everyone was able to do that, was able to just do that one job that they want to do, because you would be getting that type of experience everywhere you went. You went to the fucking grocery store. The dude back there bagging up the stuff. He's like, "Hey, how you doing today, man? Did you go? Did you go see the sale on broccoli? We got some more. We got some more steak with fat on it. I know you like the steak with the fat on it. We got some more back here. Oh, I gotta show it to you. It's the best ribeye. Y- your man, he left the ribeye, right? I got the ribeye. I actually packaged it up for you because I knew you were gonna come. Because I know your cycles a little bit, so I knew that you were gonna come here this week. I actually have it packaged over here for you right now. Like you would, you would just be running into people that just genuinely." <laughs> 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 but just imagine if you went there and you saw that guy do you know that would make your fucking you'd be like oh my god i've never had a grocery store experience like i've had this grocery store experience and just like you going to this physical therapist you came out and you wept she was so damn good just imagine if you just went places and people cared about what the fuck they were doing to that extent you'd be walking around and just be oh my god oh i just met like 12 amazing people today they're just all so beautiful and they all cared so much. This is, this love is overwhelming. It's so wild too, because like, I know you, be, both of us actually being in the service industry, like knowing how much it really reaches people and touches people when you do something like remember their name or remember their order. Like, I remember there was a, a period of time where, where I was going to the, the Starbucks by my old gym and I was going there at five o'clock in the morning because it was the only place that was open sold coffee at that time and I would go and there was this one girl and she remembered my name and she remembered exactly like I liked my drink and like I'd show up and she just like had it Mm. for me that's different and I'm like the first time like that ever happened to me I was like I literally was like you I have to be like that should be a little bit more commonplace like you were saying it'd be so great if that was more commonplace but i really have to like go out of my way to say like really thank you for how much attention you're giving what it is that you're doing because this is real simple yeah but you get a lot of people that come in and out of here and for you to remember my face yeah and the fact that i like coconut milk in my espresso is crazy to me well, like so <laughs> recall is also that's a big part of all of this communication is recall is very difficult for people Recall is one of the, it's, it's easily one of the most dynamic components to having great conversation with people. Because when you recall something that they said, Katie said that this is one of the, like her, one of her top things that people can do is when people bring up something that you said from a long time ago, just in the midst of conversation, they just throw it out there. You just like, like in your mind, like you may say something aloud and be like, oh, yeah, you just may go along with whatever they're saying. But in your mind, you're like, whoa, like he fucking remembered that. Like I said that shit like a year and a half ago. What is he talking about right yes. now? Like, why does he remember that? 
And then if another one comes up, he's like, hold on a second. This motherfucker pays attention to what I'm talking. <laughs> is he paying attention to me when I'm talking? What's going on? That like those small things, and I make it a point to do those things. It breeds such familiarity. You you that person starts to become like they're a friend immediately, if not family. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. They pay such attention to me. So that's an issue for people because some people would say, well, what if my memory is shit? Another one of these moments of I don't know if things could be better. Yes. Like, so how do I augment, how do I foster memory? Like how how am I how am I supposed to get you better can at recall? Literally train that. No, like, I know. Oh, I know. Yes, there are literally apps and games and puzzles and all of these things that nutrition do that. Sleep. There are tons of things that you can do, but people. But again, but if people don't know that, yes, they're just like, oh, I, I just have I a see bad people, memory. I see. I, yes. I just have. Oh, I, oh, I'm just clumsy. Oh, I just have a bad memory. These are things that these people can't work on. They believe that they can't work. I'm just a clumsy person. Yes. I'm just a forgetful person. That, that's just what they think of themselves. Yes. So when people have conversations day to day, especially at workplaces, I see them come through and say like the same things to each other again and again and again. You get in this rut of just, it's like the same joke patterns, the same little small quips that you'll say to one another. It's the same thing over and over. It's like broken records. Like people figure out some sort of relationship and they just they just work this groove and then you just end up in it and you don't know any other way to be with someone. Like that's the relationship you guys have. So these are the types of things that we say to each other and that's it. And it's like mind boggling to me that people are stuck in so many of those ruts, seeing as how there's so much to speak about. And there's so but people. It's just again, it's 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 attention, it's memory, and calling back to those memories when they are actually pertinent to the present conversation or activity. So I know that it's a lot that people are just like, bro, listen, that's not gonna fucking happen. That's not the type of conversation that is you're gonna get from me. It's just not gonna happen. Period. And so that is what it is. But I just want to give a little bit more insight into why conversations for people seem lackluster. And why they seem completely impertinent to the the present moment, and what's good. It's 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 weird. It's a lot that goes into it, but being able to recall stuff, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when people do that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So that's that's those are my last words on that. Where are we at? We're at two and a half. Of course we are. Where are we at? Eight o'clock. I need to go to sleep. Jess, this has been awesome. This has been, I'm so glad that you came back here and did this. I, I, I really am. Um, Me too. As we knew it was going to be, we were just going to get in the zone and just start talking. It's great. I love doing these because so much is talked about. I like, I'll have to, you know, once this goes away, like once we stop this recording, you get in your car and drive off. And I'm getting ready to go to bed. Some of these things will be sinking in. And then I'll go to sleep and there could be a, like some sort of appearance in my dream or like that came from this. And then tomorrow I'll think about it a bit more and there'll be some other things that are percolating and percolating without my knowledge. And it'll just come up from the subconscious. And I'll think, oh, man, that was actually a really good moment. That was really deep. Or that actually propels me to think about this other thing a new way. And it's just it's just this uh, sort of delayed progression sometimes. It may not even just be delayed. It's just progression. 
It's just progression with time. And I I love this. You you know I love this. Um you're welcome anytime you wanna you wanna come up here and do this. I thought that this was very awesome and I'm glad that you you spent you spent 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 I use that word so vehemently. You spent your time here. You're never gonna get that shit back. I hope you're okay with it. Very <laughs> You Very okay. spent that shit here, and I in two and a half hours of it. So I'm really, really grateful for you and anyone that comes and does this. I, I just these are just going to be amazing things to just go back and look on. I, I truly do look at this as the infancy of this podcast. Just this is episode 120, so that's awesome. But I truly do see this as the infancy. Rachel, being as beautiful as she is, by the way, thank you for introducing me to. One of my favorite humans. She's so fantastic. She's so. I just got a massage from her. Yeah. Um. Yesterday. I saw her at the gym yesterday. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, just got a massage from her yesterday, and, and Bradley thinks it's so funny because she came to our house. Yeah. We bought a massage table oh. and we set it up so that way, like she just showed up. Nice. And so she was able to do that, which was super super great. So I'm like, all right, we're like we're committed. Oh. We're but she and I, every time we get together, we have our appointment time. Yeah. And then we just sit and we talk for like 45 fucking minutes. And Bradley like walked in a couple times. He's like, are you like, you didn't start the massage yet? No. And I was like, we'll get there. Well, eventually. Like, She's we just, just beaming. We, it's so good. When you talk about how nice the the expression is and how delightful the expression is. Like this person is a breath of fresh air and how just, that is exactly what she feels She's like. She's the so type I'm like, of person that I'm, I'm talking, talking about. to her and I'm like, you know what? You should talk to Earl. Like, why don't we set this up? Such so a I lucid. Love the conversation between you two. Oh just, my god! Just such a lucid, present, beautiful, inside and out, just beaming person. Just brilliant. Just very bright and just light. She laughs so she just laughs. She's just letting it out. She smiles. It's just it's it's. She listens. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. So thank you because that's the type of person. That's the type of person that I love. That's the type of person that we need more of in just being a lucid human being that has their fucking eyes open. That you know, That's like, what I was considering. Truly. Okay, like, what, like, if I were to listen to conversations with people, like, what kind of people do I want to listen to? Like, yeah. So I was Thank you for more her. than happy to, to introduce you guys to each other. That's, that's freaking awesome. Do you have any last words for the people, Jess? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i do all right i'll try to keep this as, as simple as i possibly can because i can get wordy mm. <laughs> especially when i'm still figuring shit out verbose mm. um i strongly feel like there is not a there are no rules to this shit and how we're going through life and how we're navigating things and that can be really intimidating for a lot of people because Sometimes we feel like we don't know what our options are and we don't know what direction we can go. And so we just feel like, okay, well, this is it. This is what I'm stuck with. And what I have been practicing so much in my personal journey and what I have been trying so hard to offer and to cultivate in the space that I work in and the space that I live in is just trying to encourage a sense of openness and just going into whatever the fuck conversation 
you're going into, going into whatever experience you're going into, and just trying so hard to just stay open and just say yes to whatever possibilities might come up. Because if we want to get anywhere, if we want to do better, we want to get better, like you're saying, how awesome it is to get better at whatever thing, like you got to open yourself to those possibilities. And you might not know what they look like. You might, it not, might not get you exactly where you thought you were going to go. It could be way better than you ever imagined. But just giving yourself that chance to just say, I'm going to open myself up to whatever possibilities are in front of me and see what happens. I wish you so much freaking luck. I'm trying so, I don't have all the answers, I will say that, but I am just, I am trying so hard to show up. And I just encourage you to do the same. <clears throat> all I have for us is, let's take three deep breaths. Crazy how good that feels. It's just like it's so simple. So good. It's so simple, man. We all got it. Deep like, cleansing breath. We all got it. Yeah. We all got it. <laughs> I'm about to go to sleep off that. <laughs> good. <laughs> Episode 120, baby. Woo! I love it. I love it. Peace, everybody. Peace. This is amazing. This is epic.